0: We're just boys. Yeah. We're just boys. We, like beer. we like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We're like IPA's, yeah. we're yeah. we're boy. We like Blondales, IPA, cider stouts yeah, in the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer.
1: Upstate like Beer, beer Boys. Welcome back to Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. As always, thanks to Chris Hutchcock for our theme song. I know you usually hear Chase's voice hosting the opening of our episodes, but this one is kind of special. We're pulling a reverse on y'all. Don't worry, Chase and Steven are right here with me. Speaking of Chase, you can see all his content at Nutmeg2Palmetto on TikTok and Instagram. You can also catch what Steven's up to on Southern Bling Beer Reviews on Instagram, and If you want to see what I'm up to, uh, Wayne's Beer Delivery on Instagram and YouTube. Gentlemen, how are we doing today?
2: Very good. Very good. I haven't had a beer all day. I'm ready to crack one open.
1: Happy to be back with y'all. All All right. Well, it's fitting with the statement that we're doing this episode in reverse as hosting. We also recorded this episode in reverse order as well. (laughs) And, you know, it, it was really fun. Uh, you will like the place we'll be visiting on our very next segment. Great beers, uh, great atmosphere, great food. Um, had a great time talking with the guys there. And On the way out the door, they let's have a couple of cans of beers they had brewed either with a project recently or with another brewer. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember. But these cans have absolutely no labels or writing on them. We don't know what they are. They we are could, true. We could have three different beers. beers. <laughs> so it kind of rings true of our segment. What are we drinking? So we are going to use three of these beers for this segment. So gentlemen, what are we drinking? Let's crack her open.
3: Mine cell smells sour. Please, I hope I don't get a sour. I hope I don't Well it's 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 not it's not the goes I had with from
2: our guest. Shit, Wayne.
3: This could be this could be a hellus. Oh you I didn't know Wayne had cracked his open. I can't get mine open. I don't have any fingernails. Uh-oh. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs>
2: The mayor trimmed his fingernails on the wrong day. There we go. So mine, for the uh, for the uh, listeners viewing pleasure, mine's like a fairly faint hazy. It's not super thick or orange or anything like that, but it's not very opaque either.
1: Yeah, what I'm looking at here is kind of, it's not clear. It's not super hazy. It's got a nice white like two-finger head. Yeah, mine too. Kinda smells light. Um I'm getting a little happiness now. If I had to guess on mine, maybe towards the culture hell side. Well but fellas. Cheers. If, cheers, guys. Oh, cheers.
2: Steven's not gonna tell us anything about his beer.
3: I can't tell. When I first cracked it open and I poured it in my glass, I thought it was going to be a Hefeweizen. Of course, I haven't tasted it yet. It smells like a Hefeweizen. But then I get like this citrus smell on the back end. Mm -hmm. Well, mine smells hoppy and and, and it tastes like a traditional lager. So it's not sour.
2: Not sour. It smelled sour out of the can. I know, but it's definitely not sour.
3: Mine tastes like a pilsner. Yours is well. Yours is a little lighter than ours. It definitely tastes like a pilsner.
2: Yeah, mine's not. Mine's not very
1: light, and I don't think Wayne's is either. The color on mine looks kind of consistent with the color on Chase's.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I think so too. you don't, and you don't think yours tastes like a lager? Because mine tastes uh, like a lager. No, not you, Wayne.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> not you. <know>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, lager ish. Um, it's not quite like the hells that I had at the place. Well, well, that's right. good to
2: know. Now I know this is not a hells. <laughs> and this is not. This is also definitely not the IPA I had there.
1: This is definitely not the IPA I had there. No. I'm not tasting an IPA for sure. I mean no. This is something def- definitely, definitely mm. uh, lager pilsner ish. Mine's definitely Pilsner.
2: Yeah, I don't yeah, I d I don't think it's I don't think this is a Pilsner, but definitely I mean if it's a Pilsner, it's a really good Pilsner. But I don't I think it, this is too dark to be a Pilsner. Stephen Holger's up again. This looks way lighter. And I can see his thumb better through it. Like, can you see my thumb through mine?
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's not very clear at all. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of cloudy. I can, even through the screen, I can see my thumb.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially right there.
2: Yeah, you might have a Pilsner.
3: I didn't even see a Pilsner on
2: their menu. Maybe I
3: just missed it. No, but, you know, they said that it was, well, they say collaboration beers and beers that didn't make the cut as far as the cans. Left on the drawing room floor. Well, they said some of them could be three quarters of the uh, way full and some of them could pop when you pop the cap. I mean, some of them could be spoiled. Well, it doesn't nice. taste spoiled. Free beer is free beer for me, yeah. especially doing this. I mean, hey, it gave us an opportunity to do our what's, what are we drinking without yeah. even having to go buy a beer or pull one out <laughs> of the fridge.
1: Or, or we're all drinking. Yeah. Do what? This is a true, what are we drinking? Because <laughs> yeah. of no idea drinking. none of us know. None of us know. But <laughs> I tell you what, if, if they put this on tap, I'd buy it. You know, yeah.
3: Hey, I'd be okay spending six
2: bucks, seven bucks
3: on this. Yeah, Wayne, I want to get some more of that naughty or nice while we're talking about their beer. I want to get oh, some absolutely. more of that. You know, absolutely. We, we all bought a, a four pack and split one can, and I tried it last night, and I was like, "Man, that is so good!" But I actually had it at the tap room, and it tasted totally different. I actually like it better in a can. Yeah. It usually tastes a lot better.
1: Out of the tap. On tap. Yeah. Well, you only had like a flight, so you only had a little sample. But I'd That's tell you very what I true. Had it, I had it earlier tonight. And yeah, that is some good stuff.
2: That's actually a fair point. A lot of times things do taste differently in a small little flight class. Mm-hmm. as opposed to I don't even it might not even be a, a draft versus can a lot of times things do taste different in this tiny little glass versus a big glass that you get to pour down the side kick around the, the carbonation a little bit you know
1: yeah now if this is like a pilsner or a lager it does have a the one I'm having does have a little bit of a bitter end to it not mine but not unenjoyable I man. it's actually pretty decent
2: I'm not I don't get I don't get hardly any bitterness at all it's got a little like there's a kind of a little funky aftertaste but it's not it's not skunked or anything like that it's just kind of no, it's a beer it's aftertaste
3: our audience can't see it but I'm drinking that but I'm also drinking this dirty myrtle yeah
2: <laughs> double dry hop
3: no it's not or a double a dry dip- hop it's just a dip. Though. Yeah. It's Where's just that from? A double IPA. Myrtle Beach. <laughs> what? Yeah, what brewery? Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I assumed Myrtle Beach with a name like that. New, new South Brewing. New South. That's up in North Carolina, I thought.
3: Maybe it Isn't says it? handcrafted in Myrtle Beach, oh. South Carolina by New South Brewery. Oh, I must be thinking of New Sarum. I'm probably thinking of New Serum. Because I'm like, why yeah. do North
2: Carolina brewery name yeah. a beer after Myrtle Beach?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, knew, I know New Serum. They're the ones. They've done a Ghostbuster beer. They did a Cheerwine. They do a Cheerwine beer every year for the festival. Um, and they're out of Salisbury, North Carolina. Yeah.
1: Now, I can get buying Cheerwine beer for sure.
3: Oh, it's amazing. It sells out. It's like an eight state release when they release it people line up come from all over the place
2: I had I think the only beer I've had from new serum was the people's elbow which I <laughs> the think people's is, elbow yeah which I think of memory Service as an IPA
3: people's elbow and where was it from it was from New Sam. Hmm. I think
1: it was yeah I always oh, love a good
4: friendly sure. reference.
1: Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> they should do more of them. Where's the Where's the Macho Man Savage beer?
3: Well, you've seen my fridge. I've got the the three, and I think they did more. They did the Undertaker, the Heartbreak Kid, and then somebody else. Oh, it a brewery. It was a brewery up and uh, up north, and you were just asking about. You know where's whatever, whatever beer that you were yeah. talking about, like wrestling beer, and that's but yeah. I remember those cans. Who was that by? Like? I don't even remember now, but they had one of them had the Undertaker on it, and it mm-hmm. was a double IPA, and it was very good, very hoppy. Okay, okay, but, okay.
2: How is the how is it Undertaker beer not imperial stout?
3: All three of them were IPAs. And, Talk about but the, a missed opportunity. <laughs> but the drawing was so cool because it actually had, like, The Undertaker, and on the back, it had Paul Bearer, and Paul Bearer, his manager, the uh, face was a hop. So he oh, had nice. the eyes, and I had to send you a picture of it. It's, it's pretty cool. But a guy on our on Instagram that I follow and he follows me, he
1: had them and he traded me. So Yeah, they kind of messed up with that because the heartbreak kid should have definitely been a pilsner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: IPA milkshake, new serum, the people's elbow that you were talking about. Oh, the milkshake. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I
2: remember being sweet. So that's why I was confused about it being an IPA, but it like was positive with an IPA. So milkshake IPA makes sense.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: There's a lot of breweries that have brewed the people's elbow. <laughs> you know what? That's something I've
2: noticed from time to time. Like I'll have i I'll find a beer by one brewery with a particular name. Yep. and then like months will go by, years will go by, whatever the case may be, and then I'll be at a completely different brewery, absolutely no relation whatsoever, and it'll have the same. It'll have the same name as the previous one. Tastes the same. Not well. I don't remember. I don't recall that. But um, I don't think it was. It probably wasn't super different. Most okay. it was completely different styles. But I mean, I can't even recall who they were by or what their beer was by because because gotcha. I mean it is rare it is rare to find that It but it's, it, it is it is does happen where you might find the same beer the same name by two or three different breweries mm-hmm. it would be kind of cool to compare though to see if they are different styles like what was what was one person's thought process naming this style of beer versus that person's thought process naming the same name of a completely different style
3: Right. I'm excited about this one. I'm ready to crack my second mystery beer that <laughs> that they
1: gave us. All right. Well, that was the uh, first mystery beer, but we were blessed with two mystery beers each. So let's crack her open and see what the... Uh, well, Chase, Actually, not all of us are blessed with three. So. Well, that's
3: because you guys wouldn't let me buy that, the four
2: pack
1: I wanted.
3: That's because right. I felt bad. When I said, let's just buy, each buy four-pack, and we'll split them, and Chase got upset because we wouldn't let him buy a GOSA, <laughs> but we didn't tell him he couldn't buy a GOSA or a Ghost. It was a
1: really good GOSA. I don't know why
3: you guys won't listen to me. I don't know why
2: you guys won't trust me on
1: it. <laughs> it was really Actually, was off my assumption that we couldn't do a mixed four-pack. If we just asked, we probably could have done a mixed four-pack each, so. Yeah, because-
3: the manager told us that we could at the end and
4: they
1: don't so right but they do not advertise that no and you know if they don't advertise it i don't i don't expect it right absolutely all right we're cracking oh wayne's already already did
5: wayne got a head start
3: go ahead chase
2: Okay, now this is interesting because, you know, the last one it was kind of a lager, but it's, I thought it was a sour. This one smells like a lager. It smells like a sour. Oh, see, we got punched in the face. I hope it's the Goza. I hope it's the Goza. I hope it is.
1: Oh, I hope it is. <laughs> well, I tell you guys, but mine looks exactly
4: like the last one.
1: Mine
2: doesn't. I think I got a Pilsner.
1: <laughs> or a Hells.
2: Oh, it could be a Hells. Was the, was the Hells this clear? Oh, wow. Jeez, you can see my face through
1: it. <laughs> I don't know about clear, but usually most Hells, they pour with a big head.
2: Hey, now. That's what she <laughs> said. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah mine's I can see you guys I can you see you guys through this beer.
4: <clears throat>
2: Maybe Steve and I got the same beer.
3: <clears throat> Mine definitely smells different.
1: Mine smells the same, like, but it tastes a little bit dip uh, a little bit bitter.
2: This is like a super
6: super super
1: Hold on that Wayne. God you do not need cheers.
3: Oh, sorry. Cheers, cheers Wayne. Yeah. Cheers. Oh,
1: God. Just First rodeo. Hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just like good beer. I'm sorry.
3: Like somebody that we all follow on Instagram. Let's have a beer or let's get a beer. Whatever she says. Yeah.
4: <laughs> let's get a beer. That
2: was at Brook the Craft Beer Girl. If she's listening to our show, there you go. This um, this is definitely different than the last one. I did not get the same beer.
3: Okay, is this it's not the same? This tastes like a pilsner. All right, this, this tastes like I, a pilsner. Just, I I got skunked Oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) That was not good. Oh, man. That was not a good sound. (laughs) Sorry.
2: Well, the chef did say if you don't drink them as soon as they're canned, they go bad. The, the, The mystery beers.
1: Yeah. This one's not skunk to me, but it's definitely a little bit more on the bitter side than the last one.
2: Mine's not scumped any more than what I think a regular Pilsner tastes like as far as scumped. For me, a Pilsner just tastes scumped, but I know they're not. It's just that's just a Pilsner taste to me. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely not the first one. This 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 tastes like a Pilsner. Maybe it's the Hells, but mm-hmm. Wayne's sold that Hells is so amazing that I, I can't imagine. I can't I can't imagine this is that beer
1: the Hell's didn't have like a very bitter aftertaste but it had a very lemony upfront taste when no, I got here I get no lemon I got no lemon
2: out of this
1: yeah I, I'm saying this one I have no lemon taste to it whatsoever <laughs> it's not bad though
2: yeah I think I got so I think I got a lot of room Pilsner that's Look at me, Mister. I like all this creative stuff, and I get a
1: lot of pills there.
2: The third, the third one's going to be something wacky. Now I know it. Now I know it.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Chase. No goza for you.
2: No goza for you.
1: <laughs> so Stephen can't finish this. It's a skunk. Well, beer.
3: I know I'm going to. <clears throat> oh, I'm definitely going to finish it.
1: <laughs> well, as far as the beer itself, it's not bad. You know, it's just. It's is a it different really. There's nothing that really wow's you about it. It's just like a real basic kind is, it of di- is it
2: different from your first one?
1: It is. This one is a little bit more bitter. Yeah. It's and not you- unenjoyable, but it's definitely it's not as crisp or refreshing as you like your crispy boys to be, you know.
2: Did it taste a little... Did it? I'm sorry. Did it smell a
1: little juicy at the top? It smelled a little lemony, but I don't have any lemon taste to it whatsoever.
2: I'm wondering if you got the IPA that I had. I'm wondering. Because that one smelled very tropical and juicy, but it did not taste like that at all.
4: Hmm.
1: Well, if it's... If this is an IPA, it's a very, very light, sessionable IPA. It's not what I would associate the IPA with. There's no hopness to it. There's no punch. There's no juiciness to it.
2: Hmm. It could be. It could be the it Maybe could like be a the IPL. An Maybe an IPA. like the
1: IPL lager.
2: IPL. Oh. <laughs>
1: Maybe, maybe like a hybrid like that? Because their
2: IPA, as the listeners will find out in our interview, to me, it it was sold as a tropical. It's not very tropical, but it tasted like a West Coast IPA without the bitterness.
1: You know, I've had a West Coast IPA, but there's nothing that stands out at IPA like this. This is kind of like... It's kind of hard to describe, but it's not, I, I don't, I don't pick that up. No West coast. Yeah. If this is a West coast IPA, it's very, very weak.
4: <laughs>
2: well, to me, a weak West coast IPA would be a good West coast IPA. Cause those are way too bitter for me. A West coast IPA as is, is like,
1: it's, that's just way, 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 way too bitter. No, it's it's not bitter like an IPA. It's more like a maybe like a like an English English style bitter. No, those are bitter. That's a good. Those are that's a good bitter, but those are bitter. It's a soft bitterness, an ESP, to me anyway. Yeah, this is like a soft bitter. It's not like a harsh bitter at all.
2: Well, I know it's not ESP because those beers are dark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this is not dark, people. No, nope,
4: no, it is not.
1: <laughs> well, you know, mystery beers there are definitely a surprise. And I'm going to be all, but after this, I need to take a quick break. So you can see we're up to on Instagram on the Upstate Beer Boys. Next up, we will take a journey to a land that existed long, long ago perhaps a Land Before Time. Hey! Join us as we trek over to the west side of Greenville to Pangea Brewing and see what we can dig up there. 903. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Upstate Beer Boys podcast.
0: The only joint my mama burned was on the rural route. She parked in old man Tater's woods so she wouldn't be found out. Turned off her dome light, snuck off by herself. Crashed down beneath that window, fired it up, gave it hell. Yeah, that hangout my daddy used to hang around. We watched it all go up and smoke until it all came down. Just like that, the taps and stools and tables got turned to the only joint my mama ever burned. Oh, get sassy and bluegrass, come on. Welcome back to Upstate Beer Boys
3: podcast. Today, we drove down to just past downtown Greenville, I should say, South Carolina, to Pangaea to sit down and talk beer with the owner, Steve Schofield. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, and also, your chef may be coming and stopping by after a while to talk to us about beer or pizza. So just tell us a little bit about who you are and... What you like to do here? Yeah, for sure. So, Steve Schofield is name. Um, I'm the head brewer
7: here and one of the owners uh, of Pangea Brewing. Um, my background's in chemical engineering, chemical manufacturing. Um, I kind of grew up working in kitchens. So, I, yeah. beer and brewing kind of mesh those two worlds together so perfectly for me. Um, really something I found out that I loved to do uh, way back in college, just messing around at times with that. Um, so continued over the years, kind of worked some production jobs, uh, and kind of realized this is the route that I want to move my career towards and do everything in those lines. To go this place, I actually went uh, to Clemson University's MBA program, which kind of focuses on entrepreneurship and small business. Uh, kind of gave me the time to plan out what I wanted to do here, how I wanted to do it, and, Kind of what, were the different trends, and what, how we wanted to kind of set up the brewery and market it, and move it forward that way. Uh, after that, I went out to California to UC Davis Master Brewers Program um, to really take that next step forward from, from the home brewing that I've been doing forever, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of match it with that production experience I've had in the past uh, to really know how to do it. Um, that was about. Working on it four years ago I think is when I graduated there um, and since then I've really been working pretty much full-time to get this place up and running uh, through a bunch of different jumping through hoops and everything like that um, we had a few different locations there's different business partners at different times uh, it's just kind of an ever-changing market especially in Greenville uh, real estate and everything going on is just so crazy right now so finding the right spot was very important to me so we wanted to do it right the first time um, more than anything else but uh we finally but got to this spot ironically about uh, five years ago this is the first location i wanted to go to uh and it just didn't work out at the time the the park wasn't here everything they, they weren't looking to have businesses in this area but about a year and a half ago the uh, city of Grandville came back to me and said hey we want to put a brewery in this area uh we can be the perfect fit for it so oh. it's a uh, everything comes full circle is all yeah. i gotta say for that exactly. so um Really love what we do here. Um, I kind of like we're in a bunch of different stuff. We're we're all about kind of bringing people together through beer and food. Um, mm-hmm. I think whatever is your favorite beer is a good beer. Um, so I, I'm I'm a big nitpicky person when it comes to quality, but I do <clears throat> understand everyone likes their favorite. Like. Um, that's why we offer some wine, kombucha, sodas, okay. hard uh, ciders, other options here too. We we want it to really be a brewery experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. My wife doesn't drink beer whatsoever, she just does, likes wine, uh, but we always go out to different breweries and there's never like, something ever really, so we'll be there, I'll get one beer, she'll sit there and have water, and i just be like, okay, I'm
4: bored. <laughs> else. Whoops. You know?
7: Which is, I mean, completely fair, if I was just right. sitting there, I've uh, been a bunch of vineyards before, and while they're very fun, it's after a time, it's like, that's not what I want to do, I want to it myself, so we really wanted to bring that for for the
4: whole
1: family, um, mm-hmm. and non-drinkers alike, to through for everything. All right. Well, <clears throat> thanks for having us here today. I know in prior conversations said that this is a relatively new location. In uh, your place looks very, very cool and interesting. Uh, what was the inspiration behind the design? You
7: know. So we were always very. Uh, with the swamp rabbit trail being right outside, uh, very active focused, uh, very environmental friendly focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I, while we use all of the source ingredients, um, we use all craft malt made in the Carolinas and in Sways, Tennessee, uh, we wanted inspiration from around the world with all those different things. So we, we take you know, local ingredients and kind of to look at something out there and change it to make it taste that way. Kangia um, just fit that bill so perfectly with everything—the uh, the wood tones, the greenery, the outdoor feel—and um, also kind of the story of it was you know, the entire Earth continent before it all split apart. So, like I said, bringing people together, back together, one beer at a time, is what we're all about. So, it fit the bill for all of those things. Um, and if I can throw a few dinosaur puns in there too, that makes it. Happy,
1: so. <laughs> well, I understand that you know for a brand new building it's got a very homey and, and rustic look to it which is it's very cool you know yeah we so. we lucked out
7: um there's very little uh aesthetics that we really that the building has so much character to begin with um, we worked with the local woodworking tree up front a little wall mm-hmm. in the back some of our tables in the bar uh to really tie it all together but those massive doors that we have out back um, They still work. They work great. We haven't even touched them yet to do anything. They can open up at any time we want. Um, Nice. Being in Greenville, South Carolina, though, it's either summertime or wintertime. There's no in between. So (laughs) either (laughs) the heat goes out or the AC goes (laughs) out. So it's got to be the perfect day for the perfect hours to actually be able to open them for everyone to enjoy themselves. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, this building uh, actually way back in the day was Green Coat Beverage Distributor warehouse space. So it's kind of full circle around that. It was right on the rail line. Um, so they brought all the kegs in and it was warehouse space that they could go them all around. So kind of full circle once again, getting yep. back to And now it's where the brewery is. Exactly.
2: I, I want to dive into a little bit more on the name because, as any lover of craft beer knows, a lot of times trying to find a new spot to go to, trying to find a new beer to find, a lot of times you're attracted to. The name of the brewery, the name of a beer, the beer, can design even. Um, so you already touched on it a little bit about the idea of the original continent bringing people back together. Um, and when I was when we were designing the style of this interview, I mentioned that to my co-hosts, and they were confused at first because they didn't know what I was talking about. So this is kind of like the brainchild of your inner six-year-old, like nerd comes
7: back down as you growing up? It, it was, like I joked, I, I started growing back when I was in college and I had this, at the time, hype dream of opening up a Jurassic World land where uh, if a Jurassic Park was right, it you know, just in the next you know, five, ten years, we'll have the science to bring dinosaurs back to life and have them growing around and it has some beer, it sounds like, the best experience possible. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with everything, I mean, we, we, we love what we do, we're very focused on quality here, but we like to have a good time, and I mean, we want to keep that idea behind everything we do, is having, you know, prep here should be fun, you know, it should be kept that way the entire time, so we want to kind of keep some of that childhood nostalgia going as we move forward.
2: Drunk dino riding, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> lock, it, lock up the dates now.
3: <laughs> so, you got your dinosaur questions out of the out of the way. Mm. He might.
1: <laughs> He's got the first one out of the way. At least I knew what it, it was. was, sir. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. you did have to give me a little history lesson because I didn't
7: know. Gary Um one thing that we have here. here is that I don't know if it's like where he went to elementary school and it doesn't have to do with state, it has nothing to do with like where in the country or what's going yep. on, but it's super hit or miss. Where a lot of people ask, like, "Where'd you come up with the name?" Um, yeah. I, the first question you ask is like, "Do you know what Angie is?" And like, hey, I either get yeah. like, obviously everyone knows that, or no, I have no idea. I had no idea. And there's <laughs> yeah. no, no. It's not like it's an age thing. It's not like a, it's a demographic thing. Mm. Of where you're from. Uh, but just something that some people got taught, some people did it. So it is a little educational, which is nice to kind of explain where it's all coming together, Um, but it, it flows nicely into kind of what we're all about here too.
3: So one of the things that I really like about the beers that I saw on the list, you like adding, like I guess, adjuncts. Like you did the peppermint, and we were talking about it earlier before we went on air, and it gives you like a peppermint patty, but it's not... A slap in the face peppermint, you can taste the mint, but it's, like I said, it's not overpowering, but it's, it's a really good beer, and do you use a lot of different things like that, like so, you were talking about peppermint? So we, we,
7: I use as local ingredients and seasonal ingredients any time I can. There's certain things that just don't work, like that. Peppermint is one. I've experimented with a bunch of different stuff. When we fresh peppermint, uh, it actually gives it a very like herbal, green to anything, Which is not bad, but when somebody hears Peppermint Porter, they want
4: that punch in the
7: face, like, what's going on there? So yeah. um, one thing we do like going with that, I don't know if we spoke about it earlier, is um, if we can educate anywhere possible and help people kind of see different things that way that's everywhere we're about. So a lot of these beers, uh, Peppermint Porter included, is actually um, a riff off of our wax wings border. So what we did is brewed the wax wings border um, and then packaged off half of it and then we dose the other half with that peppermint and the additional flavors. And we do that with a bunch of different number of beers so people can kind of taste, hey, this is this is the original beer here, this is what we made. Yeah. What happens if you add these flavors? How does it change the profile? Um, and it, it does drastically depend on what it is. Peppermint's a good example. Um, we have a Belgian double that then goes with um, some local coffee, a methodical coffee, oh and vanilla, nice. um, which is really, really nice, but it, it changes the overall profile of everything. So with very few changes, no changes to the no, really no changes to hops or anything like that, just a flavoring that it is at the end, tail end of it, it can really change what's going on with the beer as a burger. So. Nice.
2: Uh, to speak more on styles of beer, um do you like to going back to you spoke a lot about your humble beginnings so to speak as a home brewer and then more global training in it. Do you do you like to uh, Brew styles that are more classical or do you really
7: like that kind of more experimental touch? Let me throw some random adjuncts in here. I'm I'm very traditional in the way that I grew up, but I don't think you have to use uh, ingredients in a traditional way. Um, I think there's so many fantastic ingredients out there that don't really get touched in beer very often just because it's just the way it used to be. Um, I use a lot of uh, cleaner strains of yeast. I'm not as much into kind of sours and stuff like that. Um, I'm just not as well educated and cursed on it, is really what it is. My (laughs) heart aches. That's not to say we don't do. I mean, we do have our noses here, too. So, like I said, we want a little bit of something for everyone. If it, it, it was uh, Steve's place where we were just going to drink beers, at Steve's one. You would have pretty much all lagers, IPAs, and maybe a quarter dabbled in there every once in a while. But once again, that's not what everyone likes. That's, that's, it's my flavors and like different profiles are different than other people's and uh, the example I like to use all the time is like cilantro. Some people love it, and some people hate it. They get a completely yep. different flavor profile with what it is and uh, neither of them are correct. Or incorrect is really what it is. It's it's all in the eye of the beholder. So if somebody just wants to come in and have a light log or something crisp and refreshing, that's great. If you want a like a lab, which is a blackberry, vanilla, and lactose goza in there, that's also a whole different story. Wow. To that too. So there's there's different people, and I mean, you could put both those beers in front of one person or five different people, and each of them will have a completely different opinion on what it is. So we, I do brew stuff for the crowds but also really what we focus on in our mainstays are those kind of loggers IPAs um, and we do use a lot of Quebec yeast actually here too so that's that's probably the most experimental thing that we're uh, I really like playing around with and I really like pushing um it's it's a ancient yeast that's like having its heyday again kind of coming through so finding different ways to use it um is something that's really fun there's really not a whole lot of, like, educational. It's kind of a, a learn-as-you-go experience with these different strains and how do they work and what styles do they work with and what do they not. Um, so shibaldi- I think that goes might
2: have enough sweetness in it to, to sway Wayne's mind on the Goza. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if it's got traditional goza salts in there no
7: I mean I, I joke but, but like <laughs> Belgians Gozas, I, I make them I they taste like who I want them to taste
4: mm-hmm.
7: almost the last time that I drink them yeah. it's <laughs> once they get served I test them to make sure quality is continuous but once again it's, it's why why not if I don't if I get something I like so you you what brought up
2: no. you you brought up that this random adjunct. So I ask you, if you were going to make a cilantro beer, how would you do it?
4: <laughs>
7: that is a hard one. Uh, I would have to go. That's a funky one. So we do our, uh, our Funky Fridays. We have a cast program. Um, so we do uh, five-gallon just kind of dosing with weird flavors. Um, so like tomorrow we're releasing it. We release it every Friday at four. Uh, tomorrow we have our cinder, which is uh, a pecan wood smoked amber. Uh, we're actually dosed that with ghost peppers and mad batter peppers. So figure out kind of how those flavors work with different things, and then I would go about it. Um, off the top of my head, I would think there would have to be some sort of uh,
4: theme
7: to it. Where in the world it would be? I mean, cilantro a yeah. place, but uh, uh, maybe some ginger, maybe a wheat ale kind of there. Um, we've got our tiger uh, base recipe, which is a ginger kind of wheat ale that we use. Um, mm-hmm. Also, something kind of, like I said, I don't love them, but go kind of the sour aspect of the uh, kind of have that fresh pop of flavor is really where you know, my mind needs, but I, I like experimenting with some stuff. So that would be a uh, toss it into the firkin, see what happens, and then yeah. kind of gauge what it is there instead of uh, jumping to be first into a, a cilantro beer for 200 gallons. So. <laughs> With it, I went to reception And someone here at this
2: table doesn't think they've ever had a Casper before.
4: <laughs> um, I can
3: tell you there's probably two. You <laughs> was talking about your Friday beers and stuff. I got really excited about the Fruit Loops. Yes. And the Reese's Pieces. I,
7: I Reese's Pieces, Reese's Pieces turned out great. Only thing I have on there, and that's on me, uh, I thought <clears> Reese's Pieces got <throat> chocolate. But it's not. Uh, no it's, just, it's just
3: the coating, the candy shale, and it's not peanut chocolate. Butter. Right.
7: I, I was very mistaken. It, it would still turn out very nice, but <laughs> yeah. it was a <laughs> peanut butter beer, not a, what I thought it was beer. Right. Fruit Loops, on the other hand,
4: didn't work out. Really,
7: in my opinion, whatsoever. What was We, we, uh, we well, use the light lobber. So, okay. we, wanted, we wanted the fruit loops to come through as much as humanly really possible yeah. to really overpower what was going on. Um, so, we, we joke around, they're, they're experimental. You're not hurting yeah. my feelings if you hate it. Uh, we give out tokens and a raffle ticket for every single 10 ounce that you get. Tokens are for success or sucks. And yeah. kind of at the end of the week, kind of see okay. the weekend, we see if more people hated it or more people like it. You know, kind of inform our decisions moving forward with that
3: real quick before you go to talking about the crazy stuff um, I did a cream ale that started out the cream ale and did fruity pebbles and coconut and so that really came together really good with the cream ale I was going to do a pilsner and one of my buddies said, "Don't do a Pilsner because you'll regret it." With adding <laughs> the the fruity pebbles. Hey, once again, like maybe it's fruit and It's all
7: artificial flavors in there. Yeah. But like, it, it just kind of tasted like, uh, which isn't a bad thing. But uh,
4: uh,
7: cereal. Mm-hmm. And you're done. There was no like pop of fruit fruit like the, yeah. you know that like kind of crunch of sugar and the kind of fruity flavors in there. Just nothing. It was like almost milky kind of stuff that turned out where it was just like that's once again it's it's why it's experimental it's why we play around like, it's it's the fun of what we do is to do something like that so
2: the cereal milk has its place like captain crunch
3: beer that we tried a little while back oh my goodness a lot of that flavor
2: it. so it has its place it, it, hazy
3: ipa <laughs> peanut butter captain
7: crunch cereal beer so that is a lot
4: to bite off and get into <laughs> yeah, right
7: there, it was. but like and I said, every ingredient Oh can find today. It's oh, yeah. just, you need to know how to use it and where to use it so it works out well.
3: well. There's a brewery just north of us, North Carolina.
7: It sold out very quickly. <laughs> it's, it's for the fun. You gotta try it. I mean, once again, it's one of those things you gotta at least try it once. If you hate it, cool. Yeah. Well, if not, that's awesome. You found something new. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, so we kind of talked about your you know experimental beers, and Chase asked you what your favorite beers are. Um, looking at your list, you do, like you said, you've got a wide variety of, of different styles and different adjuncts. So, what seems to be the best selling beer or the most requested ones that you've come across? So, I mean, like
7: everywhere. So, but I said earlier, uh, IPAs and lockers are not, what I do. The irony is we don't have very much tablets right now. because we can barely keep them on the tablets, it's what it is. Um, our, our juicy IPAs are really our best sellers. Um, right now, we have the Clever Girl. Uh, which is on there, um, which is one of one of my favorites. Um, really nice, kind of profitable flavors there. Uh, and then we do our Valhalla, uh, which is basically our flagship IPA. At this point, um, it's requested anytime it goes off the tap list, it's requested back again. Uh, it's a Galaxy Forward uh, juicy IPA using Quebecis. So not not hazy by stretch of the means, but really a lot of dry hop. Uh, those late competitions additions really really nice pop of flavor at the end with a really clean finish um, and i really think like i said kind of experimenting with that product, it, it really lends itself to those uh IPAs uh, and all the places we do are also uh, event based too. So it's something a little bit different for that, uh,
4: Our
7: loggers also depending on the time of the year. They're really seasonal with it. So uh, we had an Oktoberfest that did really, really well. uh long like that. It just, they take forever to be So to have that uh, right uh, it's, it's very difficult. Um, we just packaged from today a uh, Scandinavian uh, pelts, is what we're calling it. Using Hell's Lager recipe for everything, and actually used a uh, Quebec yeast in it. So, for fast, early fermentation, they actually logger it for uh, about five weeks. So, it does get that nice cold flow after the fact, that up, mm-hmm. but it helps speed up the process a little bit. But we, I do stretch sort of lager and in most of the stuff we do, it's just eight to ten weeks to have it disappear. And, not even a month is, is difficult to, to keep it on tap um, and also kind of looking at our board and seeing we, we want that range. So what I don't want to do is have five IPAs and five loggers on there and kind of use those other great styles that people like to have. So playing, playing that juggling game is uh, interesting a lot of times but we, we are looking to get some more taps and actually help with that too so we can have different loggers. options.
1: So uh, I'm else. looking at my calendar. When's that hell's dropping? It
7: catches them right now. It's on tap. I just straight up haven't put it <laughs> in the toy system yet. So.
1: <laughs> we'll talk later.
7: <laughs>
2: um, I think. Now, what on dry hops? That's To, to me, that's a style that's really involved. I didn't, I, I think I don't think I was ever a fan of that way back when they first started doing it. But every single dry hop beer, double dry hop beer I've had lately,
4: the, the last had. several
2: months, It's just been a bang. so it's like it's, how does that fit in like either be you a preference for it do you like brewing it is it something you've felt that evolution of the style
7: it's definitely uh i think people's flavor uh people's palates in general have been uh especially hot heads like myself have been skewed so, uh, back in the day, like Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale was the hottest thing on earth, and it was like, it's still wonderful, don't get me wrong. But you put that out right now and okay. say this is an IPA, people we'll laugh at you with the amounts <laughs> right? that go into it. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's still delicious, but it, I think it's just, we just kind of keep upping and upping and upping. Um, I will also say the hop farmers and the scientists coming up from the hops nowadays uh, just have some awesome fun stuff coming up that's just, it's, it makes it hard not to keep trying more and more. Um, and there's uh, so one one little kind of experiment we did is we had a uh, our clever girl has uh, Citra Mosaic uh, and Pacific Jade as the drying and uh, I wanted to play a little bit more. MJ, kind of see how it did. Uh, it does, in my opinion, a phenomenal job as a supporting part, really making those flavors more. Uh, by itself. We I did a uh, basically a pale session. I gave kind of set up uh, with some of that Twacka, um, and it really didn't shine through uh, as much as it should It's Still a great beer, easy drinking. Um, but I think there's certain hops that you need to figure out where their place is in in the brew, through everything. Some some hops just don't work as a dry hop, some hops don't work as a single hop. Some, I mean like I said, J. in my opinion does a phenomenal job just really bringing out those other flavors, but by itself it just has a very noble character um, while it still was a great beer and went fast, it, it was something where it was a learning experience. There's so much to experiment with and so many different combinations that you can just never, never run out of ideas when it comes to that.
2: Well, now maybe you hedged your bet with that answer, but is that your favorite hop to brew with? Because I know you said Galaxy before and I know that's very popular. Uh,
7: amongst the beer community, I personally love El Dorado, every time I see El Dorado, it's usually a beer that I love. I, um, so some of my favorite hots, I love Galaxy, I love Citra, I love Mosaic, those who just go to easy, I always know it's gonna be good. Um, Motueka and Idaho 7 are some of my personal favorites. I, I found that they, while they're delicious, uh, they're not everyone's yeah. I don't know if it's the, the different flavors that they come out with. Um, that, like, again, yeah, it's, it's, it's all in the eye to holder what's going on. Um, those, those mainstay ones, such Citrus Galaxy, are just they're crowd losers, so it's hard to mess around. Uh, um, and it's easier to have a little bit of it in there and start playing around with some other stuff. but. Um, There's so much new fun stuff coming out that it's hard to pick a favorite and all that kind of stuff. But I do really love anytime I see something with IW seven or nowadays, I I get it. I love those flavors, and I also love to see what people are doing with those flavors because they're very unique in my opinion.
2: Before I go on to my next question, Stephen, do you want to introduce another guest here
3: and uh, bring in what your token question is for you? All right, so Ethan's dark.
6: That's right. Correct? Okay. We got, we got two steeds of the table. <laughs> okay. 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 I, I'm just becoming aware of this myself.
3: So kind of like a, a pop-in guest, I guess, because we had talked about maybe you being in our show. I'm usually the guy that is all about asking the food questions. Okay. At the brewery. So I'm having a sausage platter and some pizza that he had purchased so how does that work with the brewery is there any complications that you have as far as getting food that you know people are going to like while they're sitting around drinking beer or are you just
6: I mean, beer and pizza <laughs> yeah <man>. perfect <laughs> kind of a no-brainer Yep, absolutely. Um, I know that's what I like to eat when I'm drinking beer.
3: What about inspirations from, or do you get any inspirations from what you're serving other than pizza?
6: Um, yeah, I guess the uh, best way to say it is the
4: uh, uh,
6: majority of the pizzas besides like our cheese and pepperoni are based on great sandwiches that I've had in my life. It's like, for example, we've got our South Carolina pizza Um, which is basically a pulled pork sandwich on a pizza. We do uh, uh, Carolina Gold barbecue sauce that we make from scratch. Uh, We start from mustard seed. We use Steve's beer um, to make beer mustard, and then we turn that beer mustard into our Carolina Gold barbecue sauce. And that's the base of the pie. So that's what goes down first. Um, Shredded cheddar cheese, our pulled pork, uh, we source uh, locally. Uh, we get the whole leg in um, from this place out of Easley, and um, they're a nice little uh, butcher shop, meat packer kind of deal. Um, they source all their stuff local, we get that in. Whole leg, skin on, chuck it in a pan, bunch of braising liquid, nice spice rub, and just let it go in that wood-fired oven overnight. We just spread the coals out at the end of the night, and we <coughs> pop that in there, wrapped in foil, we'll come back the next day, and it's like... Jello, like falling apart, really awesome. Old pork, um, so that for example is one. Uh, our Vietnamese is basically Bob's uh, bon meat, okay. Um, you know, Spanish pizzas I wouldn't want to say like a Philly because that I feel like cheapens it up a little bit, but it is, uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> it's overdone too. But it's you know, roasted red peppers, caramelized onions, provolone, and cold braised. Beef that we also get from the same place. Um, Beef comes out of Orangeburg. Yeah, so we're able to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, These sausages that you're enjoying come Mm -hmm. from Spotted Trotter, okay, out of Atlanta. They're a little like boutique charcuterie place um, that uh, just has awesome products. Um, We use them for their. Cured meats as well for our butcher plates and all that kind of stuff. We were able to source some really cool things. Um, Took some time, but you know, I think we're doing it right. And you're able to get some pizzas here that you're not able to get anywhere else in the city. And you
4: know,
6: uh, we're proud of that.
3: So I like the fact that not only are you supporting local and buying local for your grains and for your beer, but also as you was talking about full circle earlier, Going around full circle as far as beer is local, your food's local, the ingredients are local. That's right. So that's that's awesome.
7: Yep. Beer. still trying right now. We've got a, a cattle farmer that takes all of our sweat grain on that. They're on the younger side of the farm. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to get maybe some of this meat in here to literally be as full circle as humanly possible yeah. uh, once we get there from from grain to food. So you're, you're drinking a beer that was made with the grain and you're eating some of the food that was actually grown with the yeah. grain in there. So. Initially, that's what we were
6: going for. And I can come to find out this uh, these guys, I, f- I forget the name of the farm, but uh, they are on a waiting list at the... Um, place I use to source the beef and the pork. They're on a waiting list to get their um, their beef, their cattle broken down. Oh, wow. So, they're just backed up mm-hmm. over there. Um, but once they get into that place and get their stuff processed, we're definitely going to go with them. Because then it'll be like you know, circle of life. Mm-hmm. You know, What's that movie called? Lion King. Lion King. Hey. Hey.
3: <laughs> so, you're going to have meat that has been fed off of your grain from your beer. Mm. So it's awesome. I'm sure it'll taste better too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I need it not. Yeah. Well anything that lives off of the land, eats off the land, I should say, like deer or chicken and cows that don't get the help me guys, the ultra process. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so definitely tell the difference. So that's awesome. I appreciate you coming in and stopping by and talking to us.
6: Yeah, no worries. You know, like 6.30 or at a pizza shop, any you night know, of the week, is kind of a gamble whether or not you're going to get pulled away. But, right. You know, it's nice talking to you all. as we Now, talking about going full circle,
2: um, at the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, we always like to ask the breweries and the brewers and the owners, whatever the case may be, about their ties to local, the local community what their relations are whether it be with their fellow breweries collabs sharing events whatever the case may be in that scenario but also charities fundraisers uh, local music local artists anything that kind of creates this community atmosphere if you will, to wherever where, you may be. Uh, obviously, in this case, we're in Greenville. So, can you speak a little bit to that, as far as what your ties are to tying in your brewery, Pinjia,
7: with the community, with the other breweries, with any charities, with any local creative yeah. creators? That's a uh, or massively loaded question there. So, uh, <laughs> I guess I'll break it down. Um, so yeah, I have uh, great relationships with, I mean, Green craft beer scene is just so collaborative in general, um, starting on that front. Uh, I wouldn't be open or here today without a bunch of the local places helping me out, uh, helping me source different things, uh, giving me pointers along the way, and just straight up being supportive through everything. Um, we, we tried to have at least one beer on tap at all times to pull out beer, uh, mm. if not more, is really what we want. Um, so, as of right now, I'm trying to put what's on the board. Uh, we just did a collaboration with Walmart and Barbed um, That's our naughty or nice uh, Christmas ale gingerbread uh, amber that we did. Mm. We actually, uh, they brought over some uh, it's avocado honey that we used in it. Uh, oh. This Delicious, rich, almost molasses-like honey uh, that we used in there for that. Um, which I didn't know this stuff existed until I, I chatted with Brian and, and found out it was a thing. So it's it's so cool to kind of see those things, but they've been incredibly supportive through everything. Um, we also have uh, Buddy Minds Other Otherlands Brewing. That's coming in Greenville sometime. It's called sometime soon. Uh, Other Lands. Other Lands Brewing, yeah. Um, they we did uh, our on smoked amber. Did a collaboration with that. Um, I actually went to UC Davis with Mel. Uh, the brewer over there, uh, and uh, we we both both found our ways back to Greenville, basically, with all of that. Um, There's so many other people that uh, uh, we plan on doing some collaborations with, um, or we're talking now with Southern Side right across the river for when the park opens in April, to really do uh, a Unity Park Unity beer with them, um, kind of, with everyone. So I I think it just makes beer better and gets different ideas into it. So the more we can do stuff like
4: that, the better in my um, When it comes to uh, on
7: the charity front and doing that, um, we try a few different things throughout there. Uh, usually Thursdays uh, is what we do is kind of a, a different. Uh, we kind of rotate through four weeks uh, a different. Uh, different group that we want to kind of help support so actually this Thursday uh, it's teachers night so we can kind of discount to teachers uh, and we do a teachers for teachers pay gifts, to teachers gift card raffle, all, all that um, to really just kind of show support for people who are rock stars in my opinion and to make the around, around we do a for education night uh, we, we just try to partner with a uh, different local like uh, animal shelters and the dogs of Greenville is kind of one night that we do and try to kind of get back that way through that. Um through drive basically for uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we're, we're still we're kind of getting into game. We're only six months old at this point. Kind of we want to really kind of uh, incorporate ourselves into the community as much as possible. And right now we're trying to figure out what the best ways, what the most impactful ways are that we can do that,
5: uh, being
4: part of do. Uh, and,
7: and, and, and showcase those different things in Greenville that uh, we think more like to be shut Well, we're only
2: officially three months old ourselves, so and you got us
7: double up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well, since you are still fresh um, and you know you've got a great foundation here and whatnot, what can you speak of like maybe what your mid to long term plans would be? for the brewery, you know, yeah. any type of expansion or just different things. I was going to ask about future collabs, but, uh, no, I think you already spoke about that, so,
7: um,
4: yeah, future
7: collabs, will on, like I said, we're, we're everything, um, so the, like I was saying, I, I have. Back when I was at uh, getting my MBA at Clemson, um, there is uh, an idea behind this entire place, kind of very, very hyper local focus, in house was only. Doing some takeouts, we have a, a October can steamer. That was the idea behind. That's all the cans we would re- ever really need at this location, and maybe we'll open up a separate location for that. Um, I think through COVID, uh, kind of changed people's buying and kind of purchasing habits. Um, people still come out for that tap room experience, but. Uh, I can't knock on my love two people. love hanging out on their couch with a four pack of beer and some pizza and not having to go out, not being around people has nothing to do with not feeling comfortable in the location. It's just, what's well, more comfortable than your couch? Uh, so our can sales have skyrocketed at the beginning to the fact where we can still barely keep our cooler full at all times for takeout here. Uh, we purchased the canning company, I would say about two months ago at this point. Um, because we couldn't keep up with it. It was just too much time out of the day of packaging, um, not to mention from a quality and a longevity standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really want to make sure that our packaged product stays for mm-hmm. the, life, the life of it and isn't getting oxidized, isn't getting, uh, going bad while it's sitting there waiting for somebody to pick it up. It's not to say that most of these gears are sitting for very long in there still, but um, right. we really want to do it the right way the first time with that. Um, so we are looking at kind of expanding out that uh, more takeout options, um, kind of getting uh, some lagering tanks one or two in here, uh, maybe another bright tanks, more fermenters to kind of focus on that. Kind of hyper-local distribution is what we're thinking with that. Um, also, we have plans with kind of the park opening up, um, starting up some uh, a small barrel program here to, to really kind of experiment more with those flavors and different things across the way. Long term, uh, it really depends on the laws in South Carolina and how they go um, moving forward. There's, there's, there's been in talks about kind of satellite tap rooms, um, which seems like an awesome option for what we do. We do food in here, um, being able to kind of do a, a more hyperlocal satellite tap room, or maybe we do uh, sours there, or we we'll do barely stuff there, and still bring in some of our stuff from here. Uh, right. Seems super cool to me where we can do it with something a little bit different, uh different kind of ideas throughout all
4: of it. Um, if
7: that's not the case, maybe another location where we, we start pushing more heavily into distribution. Like I said, it's it's the, the market right now is just changing so differently than it's been changing in the past. There's still definitely growth, but it's in different avenues that if you had asked somebody five years ago, they would have laughed your head off saying, oh yeah, cans, yeah, you want to get into storefronts, you want to do this or that is not the way to go. It's all taproom, 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 which I think is still not going to go away anytime soon, but finding out the way uh, to kind of get to our people, get to our customers, um, and let them enjoy that experience. Um, like I said, we 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 want to give everyone that pure experience, and if we can give you the best brewery experience at home too, that's great. Uh, so it's kind of learning and figuring out how how that happens moving forward. Um, and with the community Park opening up in April, uh, we have a lot of bigger events that we want to do here that we're really excited to do. We're just kind of trying to build the stepping stones to get there at this right. point now. Um, figuring out what's doable and what is. Uh, it's gonna be fun. What, what people in Greenville want to come out to and what they want to
1: enjoy. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, 2020 changed a lot of uh, business dynamics mm-hmm. and um, You know having a good like you said, you know your coolers You can't keep them stocked with cans. That seems to be a good sign for you. Uh, you know, I can, I can speak for myself and my cohorts here. We like to support local mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't know about these two, but I can't always run into a brewery, so it's nice to grab some and
7: enjoy it at my couch or yep. in my garage. Or it's, I'm, I, I can't even knock them because I do the same thing. It's it's I I almost exclusively purchase my beer from. Nowadays, um, uh, there's a few like bottle shops and community tap around here that are uh, that have been super supportive of us, and I go down there all the time if we want something that's a little bit not as hyper local that I can hit in five minutes. So uh, it, it makes it a little bit easier that way. But really, it's it's. Uh, everyone's so busy nowadays having something that's there where you can support a local place but you don't have to show up on their step uh, at open hours or at the right time or when they're busy or when you're busy you can enjoy yourself at home enjoy time with the family and still support those local businesses I think is a huge thing as is isn't going away anytime soon
3: well even during us sitting here doing the interview with you I've seen multiple people coming in and out of the door they get the food And they're carrying it out in boxes because they're going home to sit on their couch and drink their good beer that you brewed, and the good food that he made. So it's it's we we would do
7: even more if we could. Um, uh, Like I said, it's all kind of up to local laws at this point of what what we can and can't do. Um, Teased with potentially doing some like delivery beer and food at one point, which would have been the best of all worlds for us Um, because then we can. We can control our quality at all times and make sure it goes from our fridge to your fridge immediately without any sort of in-between sitting somewhere or anything like that. Um, We want to make sure while you can get that brewery experience at home, that panchee experience at home. It's the same experience. It's not a watered-down cold pizza beer experience just because of uh, the transition to that. So figuring out how we can get that as uh, as possible. It's is, is really what our goals and our, like we were saying earlier, our next ones really are is how we can help people kind of continue that forward um, and kind of just follow the trends that are laid out in front of us with great So We always like to um,
2: wrap up our interview with our guests by going around the table and talking about what we drink, how to do tasks. Yeah. So I'll start it off. And you mentioned this a couple of times, very <clears> questioning. <throat> and I'll try to do my best. Robert will do an impersonation. Yes. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> um I you have it identified as tropical IPA, and the aroma, well, that's all that's hundred percent all I got. Super juicy IPA. Very light which I whenever nowadays this probably wasn't always the case, but nowadays, when like I tropical, I think something more of a hazier color. But this was more of uh, a clear, not 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 like pilsner old age, but fairly old age. That's a yeah. color,
7: and then it tasted it and don't hate me on my comparison, but it kind of tasted like a West Coast to me without the bitterness. Yes, I mean that's that's honestly a good description. I'm. Um, I have a opinion that is probably not shared among some of people uh, when it comes to hazies. I love the flavor. I don't think you need the haze. It's, it's truly kind of my thought process through that. Uh, I've I've had a lot of beers that start out hazy and you get that same flavor and stuff drops out. Um, I definitely think there's a way to do them well uh, across those boards. So a lot of stuff we do is kind of those juicy IPAs, those late hop additions uh, is really. I want those hops to show through more than anything else. Um, we have West Coast, like traditional West Coast, with that bitter bittering too. Uh, but most of the time, that's kind of what you would be finding when it comes to the hoppy side of stuff for me. Um, like you said with that one too, it it drinks lighter than it is to uh, seven and seven. I think is what it is to kind of. A seven and seven. Yeah. Uh, like percent wise along with the name it's uh we joke it's it's the one that'll sneak up on you
4: uh, (laughs) with that
7: so um but yeah we i i we we do have some like a hazy session on there too um there's some flavors in there and we we, i am planning a little chick ipa coming up soon for that'll That'll be fun to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's my jam. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, like I said, there's certain styles I think that have to do it. Um, I think that a lot of people nowadays, you're hazy and think juicy, they right. think that late hop edition. We were, were
3: talking cool. about that earlier, that's, or you brought it up.
7: Yeah, that that's one where, like I said, there there's definitely time and place for hazy, but I don't think it's it needs to be connected to that New England style or East Coast that, that late hop edition is I guess the best way to describe it. Um, we call them juicy IPAs. Uh, maybe there's a better term for it, but I think it's a, a newer, technically newer style. Like you're saying, a lot of people are doing a lot of late dry hops now that uh, can be done super well and they're fantastic. Um, they're just uh, the broader scope of uh, beer drinkers. Uh, mm-hmm. do, they, they don't know exactly what they're asking for. They, they know like easy little thing, great beer, easy, but what they're looking for is that like less bitterness IPA a lot of the time. Well, gosh, between the Hellas and the little hot take
2: on haze, I think you're winning way <laughs> over more and more.
4: About
1: yeah, I, I'm not big on bitter beers for sure. So, when. I was told we were do, coming to Pangea, and I went to the website, yeah. um, the peppermint porter jumped out at me because I like porters, it's uh, the holiday season, so peppermints are in, and since I'm probably the oldest one sitting at this table, I know I'm the oldest one sitting at this table, um, I'm a big Charlie Brown fan, and you know, peppermint porter, peppermint patty. Um, you know, right at the nose you can smell the peppermint in the,
4: uh, in the uh,
1: uh, scents and then it's, the peppermint doesn't punch me in the face, but it's definitely got my attention that it's a porter, but it's not overly bitter, it's not like, uh, knock you off the table type of feel, it's, it's a really, it's a really good beer,
7: I, I do appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I would say that one, um. Same with the base, the, the wax waxes that we made. Um, we
4: uh,
7: it's called Icarus Malt. Um, it's from Epiphany Malt, small local roaster out of North Carolina. They do most of our roasted stuff. Um, all of our beers uh, are at this point are one hundred percent craft malt based. So uh, we don't use any larger stuff at this point. Um, we have been lucky enough to find everything we need, which has really been the, the most difficult, uh, which is it's great that we're getting more options on there. Um, but it just, uh, back to the, that malt it just does an amazing job it's just got like these chocolatey notes with maybe some french press coffee in there a little on it just it, it it makes the beer itself um, when you have something that's just so robust like that it it makes it fun to see what what can we play with it and what can i pair well with um, and i think the peppermint like i said is, is a great combination with that uh with exactly like you said that peppermint patty that's some, some of my favorites growing up just having a peppermint patty and that's that's the thought process I went into that, where where I do a lot of my stuff, so. Well,
1: I can tell you it pairs really well with the cheese pizza over there, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you
3: not try any sausage? Not yet. <laughs> the beer? Speaking of
2: the pizza, by the way, I'm originally from Connecticut, and it can be kind of hard down here to find a pizza that compares to Connecticut-style New York-style, actually. This is the first pizza I've had down here with that nice charred crust, so... Yeah, I know
7: your man from the kitchen walk through a little while ago, but you can tell. Them, keep keep doing that, char. They're, they, like I said, they the kitchen are rock stars. I'm I'm originally from New Jersey. Um, I've been down here for over ten years, so I have moved down here and realized this is where I want to be, what I want to do. But I agree, uh, coming down here ten years ago, the pizza scene was different, to say the least. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it uh, it was one of the things when kind of going through interviewing different chefs, uh, was kind of that mindset behind it, where you can do great things with different things. There's always a time and a place. Um, but that's what we wanted to do that was something that we we thought was lacking in the area that would set our food apart from everyone else um, he does have those awesome funky styles of pizza that are my favorite honestly they're so much fun um, but really the, the, the cheese pizza is the best place to start because you get to see really there's, there's no room the base yeah it's, yeah. it's like a light lager you can't hide no, any sort of issues <laughs> with it whatsoever uh and it's it's he knows what he's doing, and that's why you can play around with those funky fun stuff. Is yeah. um, because the base is there and the crust is, is great. Um, and he does use the kind of combination of dry and yeast in there, too, which
4: really makes it fun.
7: Yeah.
3: Well, I got a flight, and <laughs> yeah. well, being the first time we've ever been here, I was like, I want to try the peppermint beer, but I want to try some other ones. So I told the bartender I wanted the mint for sure. And then give me three other beers that were not sour beers or ghosts, gosa, ghosts, gosa, however you say it. I thought you were on my side with the sours. So I like the fruited, the heavily fruited sours that masks the sourness. You like sourness? For salty. Yes. <laughs> But so, I got, and you might be able to help me out. Yeah. I, he's already talked about the mint one, so you got the naughty or nice, sun. the sunny
7: haze. Oh. Okay, so this is the naughty or nice. Naughty or nice, that's a collaboration with wandering. Car. That's the one you talked about river, earlier, yeah.
3: Second B. <laughs>
7: Second breakfast, so second that is our breakfast. coffee and vanilla infused Belgian double. With that, okay, and so that's you kind of got a few different ones in there that you got the second half, not the base around. Like I kind of, kind of, uh, helping people learn about different flavors is yeah. what it is. Um, but we're kind of rotating with that second breakfast. Uh, it's second breakfast for a reason. We did a Belgian breakfast originally. okay. Um, and the thought of the coffee's kind of different in different seasons, depending on what's going on. Uh, this coffee came through a lot more like stone fruit, dark fruit, yep. uh, which was really, really nice. They used a lot of natural coffee for that. Uh, so we thought the double with a little bit more of a malt backbone really would punch through. Um, the, Belgian breakfast, our first iteration, they use a, this is a very citrus orange forward coffee. It was really unique. Uh, and it turned out really, really nice. We did a more of a Belgian ale, lighter uh, wheat ale with that, that really complements it with that. Um, so we plan to keep kind of going through and showcasing those different natural coffees, like I said, supporting local places to kind of go through all of those different flavors um, and just kind of see different ways you can add flavors. I mean, there's uh, Craft coffee, I guess, in my opinion, is one of those things that's growing as fast, if not faster, than craft beer, too. So, yeah, marrying those two worlds together is, is something you want to play around with.
3: And there again, it's local coffee beans
7: three doors down. Yeah, yeah they, their roaster is right down there. They carried it right over. The second was ready to go. Uh, and like I said, we, we tried some of the coffee before, and then I I, it, it kind of depends where we're going to go with that. I didn't want to use something lighter for this. It's a lot stronger than the original yeah. coffee was, um, but also not super uh, dark roasted uh, porter. So we, we like some, I could use some traditional styles and stuff like that, but want to experiment with some different stuff that people not as used to before. So.
3: Well, same way with the mint beer. This uh, second breakfast, you can smell the aroma of the coffee beans, but it's not overpowering. You still get that, that base and the backbone of the beer and not completely overpowered, like I said, from the coffee beans. So I definitely appreciate that.
7: I, I love coffee beers. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a blast. Like I said, the, the natural coffee that they use, they usually come out uh, they're very different than you know, like dark roasts, and it's it gives you a whole new world to kind of play around with, yeah. uh, rather than, like I said, there's a reason coffee quarters are a thing, is because traditionally, dark roasted coffee, you, nothing would hold up against it, you would yeah. just get blasted in the face <laughs> with roastedness. so you yeah. had you something that was as powerful against it, so... His yeah. you know. second
2: ref- breakfast, a reference to Kevin Malone from the office?
7: Uh... <laughs> I was thinking more of a Hobbit reference, but uh, that could also work. So (laughs) so fans too. So that was not where my mind went originally, but that's that's kind of the idea. Hey, it works. Yeah, it it works. It works. (laughs) Hobbit. You said Hobbit. Yeah. Lord
3: of the Rings. Yep. Well, yeah. (laughs) Obviously, definitely. (laughs) But yeah, that's so you get a little bit of inspiration, right, when you're naming the beers.
7: I I'm. very, very picky with my beer names. I, I can't explain what the pickiness comes from. Uh, I, I want it to be fun. I want it to mean a little bit of something to me. And I also want it to kind of explain where you're going um, on your, your journey with where you're moving forward with all of it. Um, we could just we we've had stuff so like our Oktoberfest was an Oktoberfest. There's certain beer styles where in my opinion you just don't need to rename. It's right. people want to know exactly what it is and that's what it is right there right. and we're cool. Right. Uh yep. th- it'd be weird to me to kind of rename something that's like, we did traditional fest beer and a traditional Marsen for it and people want those things. So when they yep. look up and they see that that but the rest of our stuff, uh, we want a, a good description on there, but we want to have fun with it. It's it's what we do. It's why we do it. It's having a good time, kind
4: of pushing the boundaries of what's there and having like, fun. It's, it's
7: right. <laughs> exactly.
2: Steve, is there anything else you'd like to blog or promote or talk about before we let you
7: go? Oh. Uh, no. This has been a blast. I mean, you guys have been great. Um, I'd say, yeah, definitely. Come check us out, right now we're in construction hell, still. Uh, But uh, late April is when the Unity Park is opening up in Greenville, Uh, so you'll be able to find us no problem at that point. Uh, right now, we're accessible via the Swamp Rabbit Trail or the roadside. So, we actually have
4: two front doors,
7: basically. You guys walk through the roadside door, right but at this point, we honestly get closer to like 78% of our traffic is through the the trailside door with our outside space. So, different seasons. It's winter. Granted, it's 75 and sunny tomorrow, I think. So, that'll back to summer real fast. But yeah.
3: Well, even with the park not being open yet, our listeners could come down. Go to the bike shops, go to mm-hmm. the roaster, go all over the place. I mean, yep. you can make a, a Saturday afternoon it's, out it's of it. that's my
7: favorite thing about Greenville. It's always been, and it's why, one of the reasons I picked this location, hopping on your bike, hitting five different breweries, trying different stuff, getting outside. It's, it's a blast. It's, it's my favorite weekend activity out there. You, awesome. you feel like you're you're you know burning some of those calories off, and you get to try some awesome local stuff. So, so.
3: Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our interview today. As always, thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Upstate Beer Boys. Stay with us as we compare dinosaurs to beer and talk with three special Instagram friends.
4: so bad to watch that your
0: granddaddy gave you On aces and eights and some more riverboat Always watch out for
4: All
2: right. Welcome back into the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. Thank you again to Pangea Brewing Company for allow, allowing us to sit down and talk over some of their swill with us. For those that, don't, for those that may not know or have to dial back to their uh, elementary classrooms, Pangea, of course, was the original continent on the planet Earth back in the days of the dinosaurs. And I don't think the dinosaurs fared too well in the Ice Age. So let's uh, keep with the theme of the cold. And go up to Minnesota with a few beer fluencers from the land of 10,000 lakes. Gentlemen, Jordan, Danny, Phil, plug your. how about you plug your socials and tell a little bit about yourselves?
8: Yeah, I, I guess I'll go first. So, uh, my, so uh, my handle there is pop and squat with beer. Um, pretty anticlimactic name, really. Uh, in fact, don't pop and squat with any beer. So <laughs> my handle doesn't really fit. Doesn't really fit what I'm doing, but uh, I want to um,
9: see a real Jordan. <laughs>
8: you got it. Actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, yeah. So just kind of just kind of a craft beer guy started uh 2000 late 2018 and just had another friend who was big into it up there in the Minnesota scene and um. Just kind of started combining that with my my love of working out, and I was losing a bunch of weight. So, just just kind of goes hand in hand, and pretty pretty excited for the journey I've been on, and can't wait to see more.
5: Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, Minnesota beer drinker uh, seventy seven is the the Instagram handle. Um, yeah, I started the I started the account in January of uh, this year, um, so relatively new to the to the Instagram scene. I've been on Untapped for. Man, I don't know how many years. Um, I think I started this craze back in like two thousand thirteen and um um had been using Untapped exclusively um up until January of this year and just uh decided, you know what, I wanted to kind of branch out a little bit and um um get into something that's a little bit more um interactive and social than untapped. Nothing wrong with untapped at all for um, for what it is. Um, but the Instagram beer community, um, is just so, it's just so inclusive. Um, and and there's so many people that are willing to just, you know, interact and and share ideas and and share their beers and just kind of shoot the breeze. And it's just, it's so cool to, to be able to talk to people all over the country and, and basically all over the world, um, about different beers and stuff. So I'm, I'm super super excited that I started it. I'll give you a little bit of a a quick story about how I got into craft beer too. Um, So back in 2013, my wife and I were living in Chicago at that point. And um, we were, we were reading the Sunday paper one morning and we flipped open the Chicago Tribune and we opened the travel section. And on the front page of the travel section, there was a a front page article in that section about um, planning your um, Colorado and and Denver beer trip. And we read this thing and we're like, how cool is that? So we literally booked our trip to Denver that, that day. And that was the first time we had ever gone out to breweries, um, did brewery hopping. I think we did like a three or four day trip and hit up about 15 breweries in Denver and Fort Collins. Um, and it just, it started the whole, uh, uh, craft beer addiction uh, and hobby for me. Uh, I've been doing it ever since. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been almost 10 years that I've been doing this and I, I enjoy every minute of it. So that's my story. Colorado. Right, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
9: my handles, uh, Danny runs for beer, or Danny underscore runs for beer. Uh, I, I, you know, started my Instagram page probably about three, three and a half years ago. And uh, if you really, really want to scroll back and go take a look, it was all all fitness, all running, all working out, and the occasional uh, meal or uh, a beer scattered in there. And uh, I really enjoyed kind of taking pictures of my beer. That's really where it started. Just had, kind of had a good time taking pictures of beer. Uh, you know, you guys, You know, I don't know if you guys probably remember, uh, but some of the early tap rooms in Minnesota, they've only been open here for about eight or nine years. Uh, but I kind of jumped on it right away when it came around. Uh, and I, I actually was sitting at a brewery, Tim whiskers in St. Paul. Uh, and I met a a Minnesota foodie sitting at the bar. I was taking a picture of my beer and girl was sitting next to me and she goes, are you on Instagram? And I said, yeah, but you know, I don't really do that. And, uh, we started following each other and, and she told me, you got to, you need to create an identity for Instagram. You need to do something. And uh, so I started taking pictures of beer <laughs> and, that's, and that's what I did. And I, I actually deleted my account for quite a while and only just recently back in March started it back up. And uh, it's been a hell of, hell of a 2021 for me. It's been a lot of fun. I've met Jordan. I met Phil. I've met you, Chase. I've just, just so many just cool fucking people uh, that just all they want to do is drink beer and uh, share their stories. And like Bill was saying, share their beers. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many people I've sent beer to or had beer sent from. Uh, so it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, here we are on a podcast. <laughs> just wild. Yeah. Just wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> <is> just nuts.
2: <laughs> well, before we get into the questions, it wouldn't be right if we weren't drinking something. So Wayne, what, what you got, yeah, yeah. what you got poured? <laughs>
1: Well, you know, you like to make fun of me for my Pilsner, so, but this one here, next time we get together, when I have a heavy try one, this is a Dissolver's Open the Portal Coffee Pilsner. Is that, nice. is that He-Man, the nice. Master of the Universe on that can? Nice. <laughs> um, the longer you look at it, the more stuff you see. Or the more, more you turn. fantastic. Nice. Huh. <laughs> And, and it's only 4.9% alcohol by volume, but I tell you what, um, it's a light beer with like a little bit of a coffee laced right into it. It's fantastic. Sounds nice. Yeah. No, I've never had that style with coffee in it. so. Well, you're uh, it was. I've never seen a coffee Pilsner before, so I had to snap at least one of them up. Um, and uh, they're also kind of local to us. The Zalber's right there in Asheville, so.
2: Hmm. Well, you're drinking a pilsner, which you which I like to make fun of you for. And uh I'll you like to make fun of me for this <laughs> well, That's a fruited
1: sour. Uh,
4: I'll make fun and of you k- about it. Kettle, <laughs> and, my I'm man, sure. and,
2: and my man Phil on here is a big fan <laughs> yeah. of the fruited sours too, so of course I had to crack one open for 4 uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Now we had a little before we started our interview. We had a little talk off air. My strategy is always just to put it upside down. But Phil said to shake yep. it, so I'm going to shake it. And Danny, <laughs> and Danny said to roll it, so I'm going to roll it back and forth. What are you forward. doing, Phil?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Whoop! That was just a joke, but go ahead, Jason.
8: <laughs> well, it works. Look at that. Well, look I'm at that. Sure you're supposed to roll it. Yeah. No explosions Maybe here. I do know what looks I'm talking good. about. <laughs> Oh god,
1: she looks thick. Oh, she looks thick. thick one. Looks good. It's a yeah. Thing.
9: Wow. Oh, yeah.
2: super super mango, super fruity. What about you hey. guys? What'd you guys pour?
8: I got a, uh, I got some. Uh, <laughs> what do we got here? Some pity party from over at Pulpit Rock in Decorah, oh. Iowa. Uh, yeah. It's a brewery. It's a good old pastry kettle sour with some blackberry cheesecake mix and graham cracker in it, and uh, she she it slaps. That's all I gotta say. It slaps.
5: Yeah, you picked that up uh, your birthday weekend, right?
8: I did. So it's getting it was getting kind of old, and I was like, I need to uh, probably yeah. crack into this crack into this beer because yeah. I'm sure we all have that problem of having way too many beer cans in the fridge right? Right? No, just me. No, no. no. no just, uh, yeah. Who does that? Everybody else. Everybody else drinks theirs in time, right? Who has a year yeah, old beer in their right. fridge? Not me.
2: Me and my silly video reviews. I can't, I, I can't drink one before I've done a video oh, review I love, it.
9: It. I love your, I love your video reviews. I can't, I can't send us, I cannot wait to send you a bunch of beer just to see them on
5: your video reviews.
9: I'm super geeked out. I cannot wait. <laughs>
5: uh well i'll go next i guess um <clears throat> so I, I, I posted a story on instagram earlier and i uh, got some feedback on what i should open tonight this was uh one of the choices and this was the one that won uh this is uh, disintegration uh quadruple ipa 12.1 percent from black stack brewing um this is this is by far the uh the highest abv I IPA that I've ever opened and um, I have not even tried it yet. So I'm literally trying it for the first time right now. So
9: it better be over (laughs) fourteen percent. It's
5: close. It's close.
8: Well, like thirteen five? That's my guess. Thirteen five, yeah, I think
5: (laughs) well it's a it's a measly twelve point one, (laughs) so measly.
9: Measly, measly, Measly. (laughs) measly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I
8: drank four of these and couldn't feel a thing. I don't know. What yeah, up right. the next day? No idea what happened.
5: <laughs> but um, it's incredibly smooth for over 12%. Though I mean, it's there's. I mean, it's a boozy beer, but it goes down so smooth. It's just I don't know how these guys do it, but we can black uh, what they do maybe dive, dive, Yeah, maybe we can dive into that in a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm actually running pretty low here, but
9: I'm drinking uh, Ewald the Great uh, Hefeweizen from Udapils, which is right out of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota here. Uh, really nice, actually, really, really nice beer, yeah. Uh, got some nice bananas, some nice clove, a little bit of bubble gum. Uh, got a nice medium body. I, I really enjoy this beer. It's a, it's a real popular one up here in the Twin Cities.
2: So last but not least, the mayor, what you uh, got pouring in your cup tonight?
3: Well, I'm drinking high C because I didn't have time to go grab a beer and have it in front of me by the time that I got on this, kind of like a last minute deal. So get what? what's the peanut factory got to say about that?
9: I mean, all it takes is a splash of vodka, my friend, and we're good to
5: go. Yeah, vodka rum, you name it. <laughs> <I got right.
4: laughs> yeah, a it full, some, even well,
5: some whiskey, actually. You know what? Let's just go big. <laughs> well,
3: I'm looking at yeah, your gone. Well, I'm looking at my, my bourbon up top. Really can't
2: see. There you go. <laughs> there
4: we go. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah.
2: Eat that mixed drink. Yeah. I mean how you see my four fifty north is kind of close in color to I
8: see. I mean, they probably have about the same alcohol content. That might be true.
4: <laughs>
8: Love it.
3: <laughs> yeah, and see, we have a brewery near us that does a lot of the same things that 450 North does. But they they do slushy beers, but they actually do, like, high alcohol content, 7 or 8%. And it's true 7 or 8%. It's not... I think it's six and we lie about it. It's it's true. Legit. <laughs> I think it's six, but we lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I <laughs> probably shouldn't have said that, but you know. All right. How about we uh, have some
2: fun and some questions now? We've got to know each other a little bit. All um, right. As I mentioned before, PNG is, of course, the original continent on, this, on the planet from the time that dinosaurs so let's break the ice, so to speak, and uh, make make the brains work. We're going to uh, give you some popular styles of beer, and um, I, I'm going to ask the Minnesota beer fluencers to pick their token creatures that once ruled the earth that matches up best to each style of beer. Wayne, bueno, why don't you kick it off?
1: All right. So um, style that I'm going to start off with, which uh, – they all like to pick fun of me as a, being a Pilsner fan. So, you know, I guess that'd be like a softball question, y'all. Uh, what style of dinosaur comes to mind when we say uh, your your grand Pilsner beers that are out there?
2: What style of dinosaur?
1: <laughs> uh,
9: if You know what? This was actually probably my favorite one to answer. Uh, it's one that... <laughs> I didn't. I, like. I was saying. I kind of had to do a little research to remember some dinosaurs. But uh, this one seemed like an easy answer: uh, Brachiosaurus. Uh, oh, no, no. <laughs>
4: um, so
9: the re- the, nice. the reason. Yeah, I mean, we're, when I think of Pilsner, I think of a tall Pilsner glass. You know, I think of a long neck. Uh, I think of a, a a very delicate, graceful <laughs> animal. I think of a uh, a beer that's approachable, something that's not violent. <laughs> You know, so uh, uh, for me, that just seemed like the obvious answer uh, for this particular question. That sounds like maybe Phil. I <laughs> think you put yeah. Phil's yeah. Yeah, on. I,
5: <laughs> yeah, I, guys, okay, so <laughs> I literally have almost word for word what Danny just said. Oh. Written, written, written down in my notes. I have, okay, so here, here we go. Ready? I'm just going to read my notes on my, on my phone here. I, I have Pilsner. I have Brachiosaurus. Um, I have long neck, and I have Pilsners are usually poured in a long neck glass. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't make that. You can't make it up.
1: <laughs> All right, so we're two for two on that, uh, Jordan.
8: What say you on that? Yeah. So actually, I did not do Brachiosaurus. So I actually went with the Gallimimus. Know, oh, <laughs> that little uh you know in the jurassic Park scene where uh they're like all the little guys are running and the kids like oh it's Gala, the Gala, the, Gala, Gala, the Gala. Gala minus. oh the right. galaxy yeah, yeah. I just I don't know to me kind of like what you guys said pilsners are kind of light they're fun they're easy to drink and I don't know you know those little guys running around so freely in jurassic Park kind of the first thing that popped into my mind um yeah, so not a Brachiosaurus one on me, but uh, <laughs> the uh, gall- gall- Gallimimus.
4: Gallimimus. <laughs>
8: Excellent. Reference. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so,
3: Mayor, what's the next style up? <laughs> so I'm sitting here looking at it and all the my next question that you're going to ask me, I know exactly which dinosaur, but I New England IPA. I just can't think of a dinosaur that would compare to a New England IPA. Now, when you, you think of a New England IPA, that uh, uh, Papa Sage is not a huge fan. He's learning to like it. Chase and I are huge fans, but I, I'm going to have to phone a friend and ask for y'all's help. <laughs> yeah. All right,
2: case, well, I, so I, Danny I doesn't steal someone's thunder. <laughs> fail, leave yeah, right, right, like, I'm gonna you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. start right
5: now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna start first so that Danny doesn't uh steal my thunder here. Um as, as thunder is crashing in the background outside the window. Yeah. December. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. I got the lightning and thunder going on. So, um welcome to December in Minnesota. <clears throat> Um, so New England IPA, I have, um, uh, it's, (laughs) it's, I think it's pronounced Podokisaurus. Um, so this, this dinosaur was, um, the the fossils were found mostly in (laughs) New England in the U.S. And the first fossil was found in Massachusetts in 1910. (laughs) So... The late there's my history lesson. There's, there's my <laughs> history lesson for today. Podokesaurus, New England IPA. Tell your friends. A <laughs> history lesson too. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's about the most history I've ever uh, ever learned in a day. So.
8: <laughs> no. So for my NEIPA choice, I went with the. An- an- I might say this wrong. The Ankylosaurus. Uh, it's that like weird little is like a quadruped guy. He's got like a turtle back, like a turtle shell back. And then he's got like a oh, club yeah. as a tail Spike
3: tail. Yeah.
8: Yeah. So I went with that guy cause they kind of look friendly, but you know, those any IPAs always hit me hard. Yeah. You know, I'll be, hey. <laughs> I'll be drinking <laughs> in a couple and then I'm like, I'll stand up cause I'm like, I need a refill. And then it's like, Oh, Maybe that no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're done. Maybe that seven eight uh, percent hit me a little harder than I thought it was going to. So, yeah. I didn't. I don't have a history lesson like Phil. So,
4: <laughs> you
8: know. sorry, Professor Phil. I didn't
5: yeah, come prepared I'm for this.
4: <laughs> that's, that, that's all right. The
5: school technically ended about three hours ago, so you're okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of went the same road Jordan did a little
9: bit. I, I, you know, I kind of, uh, channeled my inner Jurassic park, you know, back from my childhood or whatever. And, uh, I went with, uh, the uh, which if you remember is like the dinosaur in the movie that, you know, a little bit smaller, kind of looks cute, approaches the kids. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, like goes into attack mode and it's fucking wings fly out of its ears and scares the hell out of everybody. And You know, when I think of a a New England IPA, I kind of think of that exact same thing, you know, like that approachable, uh, you know, maybe a little bit softer beer, not as bitter, um, but definitely has a hot present, hot aroma, uh, you know, and kind of just sneaks up on you. You know, you think you, you think you have something under control and bam, it hits you. Uh, so that was definitely kind of what I was thinking of for, for the dinosaur for this beer.
2: Spits you in the face with venom, like those tippas hit you with the, uh. 12%. (laughs) 12%. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> next one. Next one. Let's turn it back a little classical. How about a logger?
8: I don't think, I don't think
2: Jordan's let off one yet.
8: All right. Yeah. So I kind of, my pick here is a, uh, the Stegosaurus. Um, I kind of feel like, it, you know, a stegosaurus is kind of an old dinosaur. It's like a traditionally well-known dinosaur, kind of like the style of loggers, um, <clears throat> was kind of, kind of where I was going with that. You know, everybody knows what a logger is. Everybody's heard of Sam Adams logger or, um, like who doesn't know what a stegosaurus is? it's
5: a good point. I would hope not many. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I'll go next right. then. Um, so for logger, uh, the dinosaur I chose was <coughs> Um that's not, not, not well, not well <laughs> known in the animal kingdom. <laughs> um, Boy, Phil really did but, his homework here. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did. Well, well, guys, guys, you, I think you, I think you failed to uh, remember that I have a five-year-old in the house and uh, <laughs> right, who is right, obsessed yeah. with dinosaurs. So, yeah, I, so you I, now his bedroom and just read his poster, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, it's all on his bedroom door uh, on a poster. So <laughs> he just secretly, he just took a dart, and threw it at the
8: wall and was like, that's my locker.
5: <laughs> that's my <bedroom>. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Um. So yeah, Pilsners are typically known as kind of a lighter beer. And so uh was actually one of the lightest dinosaurs ever found. And it was the size of a full grown chicken. Wow. Hey. You hey. wow. Yeah. So really put some thought into it.
4: Hell of a <laughs> pig. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Nah, I tell you, my, 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 so, my, my two passions yeah. in life are dinosaurs and beer. So, <laughs> it work, it's yeah. this is bullshit. I'm backing out. <laughs> I didn't agree to a
8: paleontologist being in here, too. Okay.
9: <laughs> Wait a second here. I thought this was supposed to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially,
2: especially when Stephen sets up the last one with phone a friend, Phil, yeah, right, phone right. his
9: kid. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey, whatever, whatever works. I mean,
5: yeah, seriously, it's like, don't, uh, you know, don't judge me for <laughs> for, you know, what's on my um, what's on my son's uh, bedroom door. I mean, that's just hey. It's all good.
8: No judgment. Well,
3: <laughs> nobody said a word badly about my high C that I had in front of me, so no judgment here either. I have no room to talk
8: Said we're over here trying to encourage him to be like, "Hey, take some booze, add it in there. It's fine. Yeah, An yeah. adult high C." It's fine. <laughs>
9: yeah. I know. I know we're all yeah. we're all beer drinkers, but I think it, I think we're talking cocktail time all of a sudden here. I think so too.
4: <laughs> Somebody give Danny a bloody.
9: Yeah, all the bloodies. Oh the bloodies! Oh yeah, Danny. Uh,
2: what's your what's
9: your So for logger, you know, I like where Phil's going, and, and I kind of had a, a similar idea, but a little different. And I actually researched the the largest known dinosaur, uh, factual largest known dinosaur that was ever uh, that has ever been found, and that's the uh, Donagatus. It's not even Saurus, Donagatus uh dinosaur and uh the reason I went for, for this particular one again is it's the largest reco- the actual largest recorded dinosaur in history uh that we know of now. Uh and and when I think about you know I lager I think about a beer that every every country has brewed. It's it's worldwide. Uh it's not something you find in any one particular place. Um and, and along with the size, you know, you think about a. s let's just talk about a dinosaur that's the largest dinosaur ever. Uh it's hard to hide. And when I think of a lager, I think of a uh, something that's hot, hard to hide imperfections. You know, a lager is the type of beer that you can't add adjuncts to it. You're not going to throw fruit in it. You're not going to over hop it. Uh, it. It is what it is. You know, it, it's a true beer. Uh, so when when I think of that, I think you know this this large dinosaur that you're not going to easily hide. And so that's where I went with my answer.
2: I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. I like it. Stephen, what's our next style of beer for these guys to match up?
3: Barrel-aged dinosaur. Or, yeah, barrel-aged dinosaur. <laughs> a barrel-aged dinosaur, dude.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: barrel-aged dinosaur. So a barrel-aged beer that – or a dinosaur that would relate to a barrel-aged beer. So mine, that's the one I was excited about because it's T-Rex is what I was going to say. T-Rex is large and charged, very angry. A barrel-aged beer can start out very smooth, but they're usually high ABV due to being soaked into bourbon barrels and just sometimes can be nasty. (laughs) I pulled that out of my butt. <laughs>
2: Just, well, you're also a host, not a guest, so I hope you didn't steal our guests' answers.
9: Well, well, we'll find I out actually, in a
4: actually.
9: I like the T Rex. I uh that was my original kind of answer I wanted to go for on this. I was like, who's the biggest and the baddest? you know and yeah. who's gonna fuck you up? And uh I I did a I, I did a little, you know, Googling and, and homework research, whatever, and I I I really wanted to know what what beer is gonna beat the T Rex and I learned that uh, that there was one dinosaur that was known to actually be the one that was a, a, a predator too that could actually beat a T. Rex uh, in an actual fight. Uh, the Spinosaurus, uh, which some would consider to be the most dangerous dinosaur uh, uh. during that time period, um, so I kind of had to go with that, you know. Because I mean, trust me, T. Rex is—he's uh, going to come up later on in this list for one of my answers. But uh, to your point. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the barrel ages. They're they're dangerous. They're violent. They're 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 boozy. Uh, they're they're usually full of a lot of different uh, flavors and complexity. Um, and so I, I thought, you know, what what's the what's that dinosaur that is the one that could, could contend with something like a T Rex? And and I came up with Spinosaurus.
5: Battle Royale. <laughs> well. Um I'll go next unless Jordan wants to.
8: By all means, there's go for it.
5: <laughs> well, um, so Stephen uh, stole my answer for uh, for this question, <laughs> and uh, and Danny uh, stole my answer for for the next question. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'll go ahead and say uh, I, I had T Rex for this one. Um, you know, just basically. Yeah. T-Rex, uh, didn't end up being, the, the biggest and baddest dinosaur that, that ever lived. Uh, I think, uh, Danny described it pretty perfectly as I found out a couple hours ago that, that Spinosaurus was, uh, was kind of the, the, the king of the jungle, if you will, back in, back in the day. But, um, you know, T-Rex is still kind of known as the guy and, um, you know, at least in, in my, my beer world, um, you know, the barrel aged beers are, are, are king. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I like, I like my bourbon and my beer. Um, I don't like bourbon by itself. I'll, I'll never drink a glass of bourbon on uh, by itself. I, I just, I can't do it. But if you, if you throw a, a barrel aged beer at me that was aged in bourbon barrels, I think it's, I think it's dynamite. Um, and so some of the stouts that, uh, that are, that are out there that are aged in bourbon barrels, man, I'll, I'll seek them out all day and I'll, I'll, oh, wow. I'll drink them. Um, so yeah, T-Rex, uh, T-Rex was my answer for, for this one. So it's still the King. Still the king. <laughs>
4: all right.
8: Well, I'm, I'm going to be the unique one here then. So my pick for the barrel aged beer was the Megalodon.
4: Mm. Megalodon, megalodon. I like
8: that. I think we all. Uh, if, I don't know if we've all seen the newer Jurassic World or whatever, but uh, you know the megalodon is just this giant monstrous sea dinosaur. Um, I think it's at the end of the first, first Jurassic World, where you just right at the end you see this giant dinosaur, and it just eats up uh, the whatever that one dinosaur was, and he just drags them into the water. And that's what I think like of barrel-aged beers. They're just these big monstrous mm-hmm. beers um that will just absolutely mess you up if you're not paying attention. Um <laughs> or even if you are. <laughs> yeah, or even if you are you're just uh, uh, what's 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 a second class. What's a third? Yeah, one more. One
4: more.
8: <laughs> and I'm Ubering home now. Thanks.
4: <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs>
8: that sounds very fitting.
1: <laughs> yeah. What, what, what was the Uber <laughs> dinosaur? <What was> the... <laughs>
2: Whichever one had the parasites on its back. <laughs> 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 Phil, I want to start off with you on and lead off with you on the next one since you are my fruited sour brethren. Uh, and considering you may have tipped your hat to your dinosaur choice for this one, I'm kind of curious to hear your rationale behind it. Who's the fruited sourosaurus? Uh
5: yeah. So the fruited sour um, was actually not the spinosaurus. That's that's for uh, that's for the last one. But um, the fruited sour. Hold on, I, I gotta I gotta slow down, and I gotta I gotta see how to pronounce this. It's that quad uh, IPA finally
8: hitting (laughs) him. Yeah, right. There it is.
5: (laughs) Yep. Hold on a second while I slur my speech. um, It's the the Parasaurolophilus. Parasaurolophilus. That is a dinosaur that ate thick (laughs) berries. Oh, (laughs) that's... (laughs) <laughs> <That's perfect. laughs> it, it, it wasn't a meat eater. It wasn't a carnivore, and it wasn't. It, it was a. It was a herbivore, but it was one that focused on berries. So, again, thanks to my five-year-old, uh, you know, poster on his bedroom door. Um, some dinosaurs ate thick berries, and uh, thick berries and fruited sours are the are, are my jam. So, um, yeah, that's my answer.
8: Yeah, I'll, I'll, Danny, I'm gonna make you go last this round, so I'll go next. Um, good. <laughs> I'm so nice. Aren't I? Yeah, yeah. I'll pay for it later this week, and I know. Just I'll get, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get iced or something. I'm calling it now. Anyway,
9: yeah, you're in for it now, buddy. I knew it. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
8: so my fruited sour choice was the Elas Elasmosaurus so this thing is like, I don't know if anybody ever played Pokemon, but it kind of looks like Lapras without the shell. It's like, it's like this weird little, I'm Mm. just going to do it. Just like, it's got little fins like this (laughs) and and it's got like a super long neck, like the Brachiosaurus. So it's like an underwater Brachiosaurus. Super cool. But I always think of it as like, it's like the swimmingly smooth. It's a unique dinosaur. Um, of what i think of like fruited sours you know they're always most most are very smooth very easy to drink um and this dinosaur was like i can't remember what it said but it could like fly underwater um so that's kind of how i associated my fruited sour with my dinosaur nice Nice.
2: flying underwater because it's low abv and easy to sit down
8: exactly
4: (laughs)
9: Um so this one I I kinda I I took a little different approach. Uh the the dinosaur I picked for this one was the the micro raptor, uh which is actually a a winged dinosaur that was found in the the Asian region close to China, uh and was actually known to be the most colorful dinosaur uh that that ruled the land and had a really nice, beautiful sheen to it, a lot of rich colors uh in its it had feathers. Uh, so, you know, when I think of a fruited sour, you know, I think of blueberries and blackberries, strawberries, I think of these very, uh, rich colored beers, uh, you know, so I, I kind of went, went that route with it. Um, and I actually <laughs> ended up Googling a ton of pictures of these, uh, these dinosaurs and, and they were absolutely stunning. A lot of very rich reds and blues and, um, purples and, uh, really just beautiful, beautiful creatures. It's awesome.
4: Certainly the
2: beautiful deer is the fruited sour with all its different adjuncts. <laughs> Way now, what's our last one to wrap up this topic?
1: All right. So we're going to wrap it up with something that I'm dabbling more and more into. And, uh, it can be pretty powerful too. Um, so hopefully you guys have a good answer for the, uh, impressive imperial stouts or imperial porters can't wait to hear what's up please
8: i'll uh, i'll lead this round i feel like i know what one other person might be saying here but my choice and this was tough it went between both the barrel aged and the imperial stout i'm going with the t-rex on this one When I think of Imperial Stouts, you know, just like those barrel-aged ones, they're big, they're boozy, they're strong, um, they're smooth. I think one of my recent favorite ones might be the um, Fresh Batch S'mores Edition from Toppling Goliath. Um, That's just honestly like I could sit down and crack open an Imperial Stout every day and just be happy. Kind of like the T-Rex is my favorite. Um, It was a tough choice between Imperial stouts and barrel age, but I think my favorite style is that Imperial stout because sometimes you can get a little too much of that bourbon barrel in those um, barrel aged beers. So I just, I always have, I've always had a solid Imperial stout and um, yeah, it, they're, they're powerful. Just like that T-Rex. I,
9: I'm right. I'm right on board with you, Jordan. That's exactly where I was at with the T-Rex. I, same thing, you know, when it comes to imperial stouts, porters, and barrel age, it's kind of tough, you know, you want to think of the king of the jungle, right? Uh, T-Rex is definitely where I was at with this, and uh, it's just that that dinosaur, when you think of the dinosaur, the, the one that ruled them all, the one that kicked the most ass, um, it was definitely T-Rex, uh, so that was definitely where I had to go, and uh, you know, he, he always got his prey, uh, yeah, and that's definitely what happens with some of these, um, urban, any, any kind of imperial stout and oftentimes could be barrel-aged. So, um, just seemed like the obvious answer for this question was the T-Rex. Uh,
5: so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll round it out here. Um, so I, c- I kind of took the, the exact 180 opposite of, uh, of what Jordan and, and Danny said, um, <clears throat> so when it comes to Imperial Stouts, um, those are kind of my, um, uh, my beast. Um, I, I don't want to say my kryptonite cause that's, uh, that's admitting defeat, but, <laughs> 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 but, um, but, um, <laughs> Imperial Stouts for some reason, um, are just, man, they, they hit me hard and for whatever reason, they tend to hit me harder than, say, a stout aged in, in, in bourbon barrels or whiskey or any barrel-aged beer. Um, regardless of the ABV, I, for whatever reason, just get knocked on my butt by imperial stouts that are not barrel-aged. So for this one, um, I said that the, the dinosaur that resembles uh, imperial stout is a Spinosaurus. Um, and, and, as we kind of alluded to a lot of, <laughs> as we kind of alluded to, uh, uh, previously here, um, this, this guy was a little bit, uh, bigger and stronger than T-Rex as it turns out. Um, and so this guy, um, yeah, this guy's my enemy. Um, he, he, uh, he kind of hits me hard and he hits me fast. And so for whatever reason, um, a, a non barrel aged stout is, is a lot tougher on me than than a barrel-aged stout um, that you might find. And I, I have no idea why, but uh, <laughs> that's the way it is. So, Spinosaurus, my final answer.
2: <laughs> if Phil's saying the Spinosaurus is his enemy, is this Phil implying that he's a hero?
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I guess if uh, if you wanna call me that then sure, yeah. That's uh it's all good. But <clears throat> alientologist
8: by day, superhero at night. <laughs> yeah, right.
5: <laughs>
9: <laughs> <laughs> and, and and honestly, let's let's just say it, he's a philanthropist. I mean your giveaway, unbelievable. Yeah. That's just fucking badass, man. Absolutely oh, badass. Crazy, man. Man. Just That's just amazing, man. dude.
4: Yep. Super cool.
9: Super yep. cool. I yeah. got my fingers
5: crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so the next time we all get together, don't feed me any Imperial Stouts because I'll pass out before 7 o'clock. That's it. <laughs>
8: all right. Somebody's, somebody's got to do it.
5: <laughs>
1: you know, all this beer and dinosaur talk, I was surprised that no one said... Uh, Velociraptor for any of the answers.
4: That's right. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it
8: crossed my list once or twice, and I was yep. like, I don't yep. know. And I, I'm impressed. Honestly, uh, we all kind of—I
9: feel like we all maybe did a little bit of digging on this to find some really good answers, and it's almost uh, creepy how we came up with a lot of the same names for different beers, but the same names. Nevertheless, that's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is that
5: is pretty cool. Wow. Very cool actually.
2: <laughs> anyone got a quick quick rip off the tongue as far as something sneaky and deadly and stealthy that might catch you, catch you like a Velociraptor?
8: Like beer wise?
2: Yeah.
3: Barley wines. Barley wine.
8: Barley wines. Barley wines. Wine. yeah. Ah. Yeah.
9: <laughs> yeah if, if we're if we're allowed to say, I know maybe it doesn't fall under beer per se, but meats. I don't know if you guys yep. are versed at all with oh. any meats or drink any meats, but uh, those honey yep. beers, they will yep. they will rock your boat and they're actually yep. some of the earliest known alcohol, you know, supply, you know, it was the earliest alcohol found instead of meat. So
3: we do have a meter down
2: here actually. Yep.
9: The upstate beer
3: boys, our very first meetup was actually in between a brewery and a metery, so there you go.
8: And the means were good
4: too, for sure.
3: Yeah.
8: Yep, I could see a quadrupel on there. By the way, I think I said that right. It's good old uh, yep Belgian beers. So
2: would it wouldn't be right if yep. we uh, brought on some Minnesota beer influencers and didn't talk about the beer from your homeland. Uh, So why don't you guys take us around the North Star State and uh, tell us who are your quote-unquote treehouses, so to speak, up north. Who wants to take it? Uh, Jordan, Phil. Can I leave with this one?
9: (laughs) Yeah, go for Uh, it. I wonder what he's uh, going to say. (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, honestly, I I think you might be surprised, Jordan. Um, You know, when when you you want to talk treehouses or the staples of Minnesota, Uh, two names come to, to my head right away. And that's going to be August shells down in new home. Uh, the second oldest brewery in this, in the country, second only, you know, family owned brewery. Uh, they make some, mo- the most incredible German style beers that you've ever had. And they're true to the style, true to the recipes. Um, and a lot of people up here kind of forget about them or let them fall by the wayside. Uh, but, but August shells truly make some of the best beers that you probably ever have in your life. Um, and then next to them, the other OG really here in the twin cities in Minnesota alike, is going to be summit. Uh, you know, the EPA, the extra pale ale was kind of the beer that introduced me to craft beers up here in Minnesota. Um, so, you know, those two beers, you know, those two, those two brands breweries are kind of the ones that, you know, when I think of Minnesota beer, uh, I, I think of August shells and I think of. A summit and you know there's plenty of great breweries that have opened up in the last eight nine ten years since we finally allowed tap rooms in our our state up here uh obviously like you know a fan you know lupulin is my go-to obviously um but you know those two breweries to me are kind of the ones that have paved the way and um i think every brewery in this state should pay homage and thanks to to those two places and uh, I don't know where we would even be at without them.
8: I got to be honest. That's kind of, kind of <laughs> where I was going to go with it too. So, um, especially after attending my first October fest at shells, um, it was insane to see the amount of people that traveled great distances to come to their October fest. And you could just, you could just tell. Um, yeah. I, I got nothing more to add to what Danny said. He's, pretty much nailed that one, I think in my mind.
5: Yeah. So I'm going to go a little bit Jordan and Danny. Um, so the, the, the real true, um, uh, our black and barrel theory in St. Paul. And yeah, um, those, those two are, are making so many quality, uh, hazy IPAs. Um, it's just, it's, it's remarkable. Um, what what they're doing right now and um uh Timmy Johnson at at, uh, at Barrel Theory and um man he's just he's just killing it with with what he's doing with the IPAs in Minnesota um and, and the Black Sack crew um man they're they're kind of you know at, at least around the Midwest uh, at least parts of the Midwest they're kind of known as the Monkish of Minnesota and um oh the the hazy the the hazies that they're coming out with um you know, it's just, it's just top notch. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people might say, yeah, a lot of their beers taste the same. And, um, you know, um, I mean, it, it it is what it is. Um, either you like it or you don't. Um, I personally love the, the hazies right now. Um, I I love the West coast too, but, uh, the hazies are kind of, kind of my thing right now. And man, they're just, they're just cranking them out. So whether that's, uh, whether it whether it's a regular IPA that's six and a half percent or the quad that I just opened up that's twelve point one, they're 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 just they're just knocking it out of the park. Um, so um, truly truly blessed to have two of those uh, kind of IPA titans right now in Minnesota, right in our backyard. So well,
9: and you can't you can't talk about barrel theory also without talking about some of their. Uh they Their Imperial stout. stouts. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah their, their stout game is insane.
4: Can uh, we just talk <laughs> about yeah. Dra-
8: Dream Eater, uh, by the way?
5: <laughs> um, <yeah>. Yep. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're, 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 they're stouts. They're, 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 some of those stouts, they have, uh, agent in the, in their, uh, in their basement, um, in the barrels are just, um, they're, they're just, they're just off the charts. Um, you know, I, I, I trade, I trade beers with, uh, with, with some of my old friends back in Chicago. Um, and, uh, I recently sent them a couple of, uh, crawlers of, uh, three barrel aged stouts, um, that, that uh, uh, Barrel Theory just came out with a couple of weeks ago and they just cracked them open a couple of days ago and they were like you know it, it, be, these guys are you know, top, top notch um, in, in what they're doing they're, they're, they don't produce a bad beer um, you know obviously some are better than others but um, as far as their IPA um, and their, their stout game um, I mean, they're, they are on point with, they, they, they will match up with anybody, um, at, at least locally around here. So, well, um, I, truly, yeah, go ahead.
9: Was it New York times? I think back in 2019 said that yeah. theory was, uh, the, the, the most up and coming brewery in the country. Uh, yes. and I, I would yep. say that that is, that is absolutely correct. It's amazing what they're doing over
5: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and just a, a side note here, you know, through COVID and everything else, and through the lockdowns and through the, the closures of the tap rooms and everything else around here, um, these guys have managed to to survive. Um, the, these guys don't distribute outside of the Twin Cities, um, and they, they they don't they don't they don't can anything. Other than, um, uh, uh, what is it, a 20 24 point whatever ounce crawler? Um, yeah. the size limit, the size limit that we have here in Minnesota, um, that's all that they do. So they either do tap room or they do these, these, these crawlers to go. That's all that they do, and they have managed to make it through all of the adversity and everything else that's gone on over the past, uh, almost, <laughs> almost two years now. Um, and so that, that's testament right there, um, to, to how much these guys are really killing it. So that's no canning, no canning at all.
9: No, they just do the crawlers, uh, you know, on sale there. And, uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Minnesota's got some tight laws when it comes to beer distribution. Um, we can't even sell a four pack out of our tap room, not legally. Wow. Uh, you have, yeah. you're, you're limited to yeah. a 64 ounce growler or not even a full growler. Uh, I, I don't know about you boys down there in South Carolina. If you're doing the 32 ounce growlers, I know they're doing those in Iowa and Wisconsin and the Dakotas and whatnot, but, uh, up here, yep. a growler is 25.5 ounces, which is uh 750 milliliters, like a bottle of wine. Uh, so you have right. that or you have a 64 ounce growler. You cannot legally sell single cans, four packs, six packs, anything out of your tap room. If you sell food, you can't distribute. You can't keg your beer. (laughs) So if you're a brew pub, you can't, you cannot Mm -hmm. distribute your beer. It's, it's insane. It's just insane.
2: That's really bizarre.
8: Yeah. Yeah, I thought South Carolina was weird. (laughs) Kind of like that in the second location deal too. There's a couple breweries like Lupulin. Um, I don't think you can have multiple locations in the state. Um, that's
9: why they opened up. In that's South why Dakota. there's. Yeah.
8: That's why there's a second loophole in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's why there's um, Lift Bridge has their lo- a second location in Wisconsin. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Minnesota's wild.
4: Yes. Yeah. And,
9: you know, and Jordan, that that fest, you know, is obviously like one of the better ones, obviously in the state. But uh, I think what we we need to, you and I need to have a little conversation and drag you up here next spring early spring for the block fest uh at october at uh at gels and uh it, it, it's it's a wild time it's absolutely amazing it's it's the best part you've ever been to just awesome
8: man. yeah you'll have to let me know
3: Shirley's the only <laughs> brewery that i know in
9: minnesota oh man <laughs> well, before this ends let me get your address because we're gonna fix that we're gonna fix that very quickly Oh so, man. Hey, I would
3: definitely <laughs> I, I would definitely love to have some beer from your area and I can uh, send some your way.
9: Absolutely. That sounds great. Yeah, we, I've got plenty of plenty of good stuff that we can send down uh from Minnesota here.
2: Well, it wouldn't <laughs> be it wouldn't be right to have the three of you on and not talk about a little hashtag sweat check. So uh you guys are all not only are you guys super big into the beer scene, not overall, but in Minnesota, but you're also big into fitness and uh, pumping out some LBs. So how do we balance this love of craft beer and not looking like a walking potato?
8: Yeah, I mean, if you guys don't mind, I, I'll, I'll go first. So, Oh, yeah. Jordan, um, you know
9: beer. <laughs>
8: yeah. So actually when I started, I started losing weight like three almost three and a half years ago. Um, I was about 364 pounds when I started. Um, I weighed in this morning at like 210 or something. So I've I've put some weight back on, but my goals have changed. So now I'm trying to go that route. But <clears throat> like when I started, I could have a beer a night, every night, and I would still lose the weight. And, um, you, you know, just, I kept with my diet. I kept with the, uh, with a plan. Um, you know, I didn't guilt trip myself for having a beer. Like you're, even though I was, my goal was to lose this weight. Like you still got to live it. You know, I'm not going to be miserable my entire life and not enjoy craft beer. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, obviously the closer I got to my goal weight, you know, I did have to reduce my intake. Like it started going to one beer every other day or it'd be one beer every third day. Or it got to the point where as I was closing in almost sub 200 pounds, it was I'd have a beer maybe once a month. Um, and that's just because that was a goal that i wanted to hit and that was extra calories that i needed to cut out and that's and that's totally fine that was my goal and that's what i needed um and ironically enough now i'm going back the other way i'm trying to train for a, a bodybuilding competition i i really hope to take take number one in for men's transformation so you know through all this i i still enjoy my craft beer it's just i i kind of work towards the calories and the goals. And I just keep it in mind. I don't, I just don't overindulge in it. Um, you know, I, my, honestly, my big successes have just been being consistent. Um, you know, having my, my days of indulging and then going right back to it the next day, you just, you gotta, you still gotta enjoy life. And, um, that's kind of my big thing is like, I want to show people you can lose that weight, have your craft beer or, You know, there's, there's people out there all the time that are just jacked, like poor, poor Aveda. He's monstrous, you know, and he enjoys his craft beer. Like there are people that can do that. So I'm trying to do that for the people in my same position and just show them like, Hey, if you have goals to lose that weight, or if you have those goals that you want to get jacked and look ripped, like you can do that and still enjoy your beer. Um, like I said, it just comes down to being consistent and mindful of what you're doing. And, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to make some sacrifices you can't have for night, night um, exercising that control. Like I said, I had my, I had my second one here and I, I kept it at that. Um, so that, that's kind of been my big success. I don't know about you guys, but
9: you're a better man than me, Jordan. <laughs> <Shit>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, as I just
3: popped open my third Captain Crunch for the night. That doesn't look like
9: high C at all. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't look like cereal. It's a
3: hazy, hazy IPA made with Captain Crunch. Oh, nice, nice. And I couldn't let you be the only one, Chase, that's drinking from a 450. So, oh.
9: um. <laughs> Phil and Danny anything to add to the sweat check I mean yeah I mean, the fitness thing is, is huge and, and uh, you know I, I had a, a bit of a, a weight loss journey myself a little bit more early on in my life um, at my heaviest in high school I was about 280 pounds and um, coming out of high school I, I started to really get into fitness and I started out actually lifting weights and that's kind of how I primarily lost the weight was with heavy lifting um and in my my early 20s my sister actually started running uh a lot and she ran a marathon and I was like hey you know that's really cool and uh I think I want to I think I want to try that out and I started doing some running and some more running it's more running and uh, you know, unlike, unlike Jordan, I, I have, uh, no self-control or discipline <laughs> and, uh, my girlfriend <laughs> being the, the foodie that she is, we, we eat extremely unhealthy, uh, on a, a regular basis. But, uh, um, I, I always remember that, you know, party hard, you know, work hard, party hard, right? Work hard, party hard. Yep. Um, yep. so I, you know, I, I would, I aspire to be as successful as Jordan has been. I really do. I mean, Oof. the guy... The guy's a fucking animal and uh to see what he has done and how disciplined he's been uh and how much just self-control he has. Um, I don't know that I would ever personally get to that point, but I, I do know that I recognize how important it is uh to stay active and stay fit and stay moving. Uh, you know, a body in motion stays in motion. And uh as much as I would love to, you know, come ho- come home right from work after a stressful day and just start cracking open those beers, I know that it's important to to get out there and, and get a quick workout in first. Um, and, and, the cool thing, um, you know, there's, there outside of beers worth the burn, obviously up here in Minnesota, um, you know, those guys, uh, I mean, they, they do such an incredible job, um, creating this community of, uh, beer drinkers and, and, you know, um, fitness, uh, but there's other ones, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, beer and fitness collaboration, things going on out there. And, uh, it's, it's nice having the communities collide. Um, you know, cause I've run a few marathons and I know that the, the biggest thing about running a marathon is drinking an osco beer when you get done. Uh, so it's kind of neat to see that <laughs> these two worlds are colliding and that, you know, uh, even the, even the, the biggest and baddest and the most fit people also enjoy craft beer. Um, you know, and that the craft beer drinkers don't want to just be sitting around drinking craft beer. They also want to get a piece of the, uh, fitness action. Um, so it's, it's really cool to kind of see these two worlds collide. And, um, the whole sweat check thing is incredible. It's just incredible. Uh, the motivation, you know, there's those days and we all have those days. I bet even Jordan has those days (laughs) where you just don't want to work out, but you know that, um, somebody is is relying on seeing your motivation and wants to match it and uh and and it motivates them to to do the same thing so it's it's been pretty incredible to see and and
5: experience yeah i can i can close out real quick on this um so with regards to the sweat checks um you know, there, there was one, uh, somebody posted in, uh, in beers Worth the burn, which, which Danny just mentioned. Um, it's kind of a, a group that, uh, focuses on beer and, and working out and it's primarily focused here in Minnesota, but it's, there's, there's members of this, uh, uh, Instagram, uh, kind of sub niche, um, all across the country. But there was a post a couple, a couple months ago that said, um, you know, you, you can drink beer all you want, Um, and if you don't like working out, um, just remember that there's always somebody that's working harder than you right now. And, um, you know, that, that, that kind of stuck with me. Um, because a lot of days, like, like, like Danny said, you know, it's, there's a lot of days where, man, you just, you get done with an eight, nine, 10 hour work day and you don't want to come home and just work out. I'd rather most days I'd just rather come home and and crack open uh, two or three beers and and relax. Um, but, um, that, that, that kind of stuck with me, um, that, that, that posted and, you know, it's, it's, um, there, there, you gotta, you gotta find the balance. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of stuck with me and, and so most days I'll come home and I'll, I'll get that workout in. Um, either, either on my lunch break or or right after I get home, um, keeping in mind that, you know what, somebody right now is is doing what, what I want to do, um, but they're doing it better. And, um, so I want to strive to be like that. Um, and so I want to put in the time I want to put in, I want to put in the sweat. I want to put in the, the, the workout, get that done and then come home and then have the beers afterwards and kind of relax and, and use that as kind of a, a de-stressor, um, after, after a long day and after the workout. So, um, you know, when, when it, when it comes to workouts and beer, the, the, the two things that I kind of keep, uh, keep in mind, um, you know, when I, when I drink, um, I drink because I want to, I want to feel it a little bit, you know, um, I'm not just drinking just to, just to have a beer. I want to feel good. Um, so that's the reason why I drink, I want to drink and I want to, I want to kind of feel it. Um, when it comes to workouts, man, I want to, I want to, I want to bust my butt, um, for a half hour or 45 minutes and I want to feel that burn. Um, so, you know, you can kind of relate the two, um, pretty closely. It's, uh, when I started the Instagram account, uh, back in January, I had no idea that there was this kind of, subgroup of, of people that, that loved, um, craft beer and working out. Um, I had no idea that that even existed. And so it just so happened that when I created this Instagram account in January was right at the time that I started, I restarted my workouts. Um, I had been off for, I don't know how many years. Um, and I told myself one day last January, you know what, I'm going to buy myself some new equipment here at home and I'm going to, I'm gonna bust my butt and I'm gonna get back in shape. Um, and so you know that's what I did. And um, Phil Phil's yeah,
9: a total stud, by the way. Phil's a total fucking stud. Don't let this is. guy fool you. <laughs> the guy the guy is fucking ripped. He's, he looks good. He don't don't let this guy <laughs> What do you think I, I, know, can't I imagine I can't imagine it took him too long to get back in shape. The guy looks incredible.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that guys. I've, I've never, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of awkward for me because I've never had the, um, the problem of, of being overweight or, um, or, or really not being totally out of shape. Um, so, you know, I, I've never had the problem of having to lose weight. In fact, I've had the problem since, I don't know, my middle years of high school of actually gaining weight um, in, in trying to be a little bit more, um, I don't know, muscular, if you will. Um, and so um, regardless of what I did previously, it, it wasn't good enough. I, I, I would not gain more than a couple of pounds regardless of what I did, regardless of how much it worked out, regardless of what I ate. Um, my metabolism just works in that way. That keeps me within five pounds. I've been with, uh, before January, I was within five pounds, um, since my senior year of high school. I mean, I never gained the freshman 15 in college. I never, I never did any, I, I, I none of that other stuff ever happened to me. Um, so I've got the, the, the opposite, um, uh, spectrum of, of 99% of people where they're trying to lose weight. I'm trying to gain weight. Um, I'm trying to to build myself up and and be a a little bit more, a a little bit bigger. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's a little bit, it's a little bit unique for me, um, in that regard, but, um, man, I just try to, I just try to, uh, you know, balance out, uh, feeling good with the workouts and and feeling good with the craft beer. And, um, you know, it's, I, I, I think I found a pretty good balance with both and it seems to be working for me now. So I I stick with what I know.
9: So it's pretty interesting to hear you say that, Phil, because it's you know it's wild if you're if you're on one side of the the table uh, where you've always kind of struggled with weight loss. It, it, it's amazing to yeah. hear somebody on the other side of the table that's like you know I, I feel for you. Uh, I'm struggling with weight gain, <laughs> you know. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's it's yeah. Go ahead. It it's it's just it's pretty amazing that uh no matter where you sit there there's the constant struggle of that that body image and uh you know what, yeah what you've done and then you're just
5: what can I do better you know it's it's it yeah yeah it's 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 all about that you know um you know I I've been um so before January when I started working out um I I had been no heavier at any point in my life I I had never been heavier than like 188, 189 pounds. And I'm, I'm, I'm six foot one and a half. So, you know, that, that's, that's fairly tall. It's not super tall, but it's, it's, it's considered fairly tall. Um, and probably 188, 190 pounds is, is considered probably pretty thin for that, that height. And man, regardless of what I did, it just, it wasn't good enough. I could never sustain the weight gain that I wanted to be. Um, so in January I said, you know what, I'm going to set a goal. I want to be six foot one and a half and I want to be 200 pounds. And so that's what I'm going to strive to do right now. And, um, before, um, my, my biking accident, um, in August, which we don't need to get into. Um, but before that, I got up to 198 pounds, um, through busting my butt, um, um, six days a week, um, in my home, uh, gym here, um, uh, with leg day and arm day and, and just, um, really, Really staying focused on what I'm doing, um, and you know I I I I've, I've kind of pulled back a little bit from that 198 because of my accident. I'm trying to work my way back, um, but yeah, it's just it's it's uh it it like you said, Danny. It's all about body image. Um, you know, when you're six foot one and a half and you're 189 pounds, um, it's it's you look at yourself and you're not. I don't know that m- most guys will probably say, man, you're, you're, you're pretty thin. Um, and, um, there's kind of a, there's kind of a masculinity thing that goes with that. And it's just, um, you know, it, it's the total opposite of, of what most people, um, go through with, uh, with being overweight and trying to lose weight. Um, but it works the same way going the other way too, for the, <laughs> probably the 1% of us. Um, sure. and it's just, um, You know, it's, uh, it's tough, but you got to, man, I've just been sticking with it. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, as long as you, as long as you sustain yourself, um, and get in a rhythm, man, you can do, you can do whatever you want. So, um, yeah. Well, why don't we see you boys doing the sweat checks? Let's see it
9: tomorrow, huh?
2: That's because, that's (laughs) because I don't (laughs) want a house and I need to fill up my house. A new house with all this chimney equipment, like has
4: <laughs>
9: <laughs> Actually, when you did that first doing sweat when soon, when you did that first uh, beer review at your new spot, I, I was, I was, you you're moving around with the camera, and I'm like, boy, that that boy <laughs> can be out there raking leaves right now. That's <laughs> 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 a dual threat. It's a dual threat. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Wayne,
1: what you got? All right. All right. So we've talked about the, the working out and stuff. So uh, I almost broke out in sweat hearing you guys. So uh what's your uh, favorite uh go to post
5: workout beer? Ooh. <laughs> well I, I can start if nobody else wants to. Um all right. all right so my my post workout um, beverage of choice um, is actually not a beer um and I'll probably take a little bit of slack for this one Steven's ice Cue in the
9: UB40 right now excuse
5: me <laughs> <laughs> Nope um so, um, so I despise seltzer water. I, I've always hated it my entire life. Um, and when I started working out in January, um, was right around the time that the, uh, the aforementioned, uh, barrel theory here in St. Paul, um, um, canned in crawlers, their, their first ever hard seltzer. Um, and it was a, it was a, it was a, um, strawberry banana, heavily fruited smoothie seltzer. And I, I I saw this thing posted online, uh, one day and I'm like, you know, they they only, they, they, I think they canned a hundred crawlers of this thing. Um, and so I went, I, I only live like four miles from downtown St. Paul. So I raced over there and I got one and I'm like, all right, let's, let's try this thing out. And so I, I opened it after a workout one day in January and not, not expecting much because again, I hate seltzer water, but it intrigued me enough to buy it. And I opened this thing and I poured it and I'm like, man, this, this is phenomenal. Um, it's, it's light enough. I think it was like 6.3% ABV, something like that. Um, so not a heavy hitter by any means, um, but it, it was so fruity and just so refreshing that it it made me it, it opened my eyes to um, uh, a beer alternative for uh, especially for post workouts because um, I had been kind of opening beers you know a pilsner or something light like, after my workouts. Um, and, and, and kind of sucking on one of those for a while, but I opened this thing and I'm like, man, this is so dang good. Um, it, it, again, only 6.7%. So it's not gonna, it's not gonna really kill you by any means. Um, but it had the fruitiness and just, just some awesome flavor to it. And I was like, man, this is, it, it's gluten-free, it's dairy-free. Um, it, it kind of, in, in my world was like the perfect beverage to, um, just kind of, you know, consume after, a after a 30, 45 minute workout, it just, it really stuck with me. And, and to this day, man, I'll, you know, some, uh, hard fruit smoothie, seltzers like that. I'll, I'll buy them, I'll buy them off the shelf any day. Cause, um, and, and I'll, I'll drink them after I work out, um, it just kind of stuck with me. So yeah, heart uh, hard seltzers. <laughs> I don't take some slack for that. Maybe from some people, but, um, they, they, they are my jam after a workout. I'm with it. I'm with it.
8: Yeah. Jordan, how about you? So I'm going to be the exact opposite to the, of these two. Uh, so they work out like during the day or at, after work. Well, I I get up stupid early. Um, I'm usually uh, I'm usually up at four fifteen in the morning. I'm to the gym by four forty five. Um, mm. So my pro- post workout beer is always my protein shake and water. Um, I I have not worked out after work in years. So if I had to pick a post-workout beer it would probably be like an ipa um something that's a little juicy a little light um probably wouldn't strive for those dipos or anything like that like just something to like hey you did it man you kicked ass like have a beer
4: mm-hmm.
9: you know you a good coffee good coffee lager in the morning well yeah i mean <laughs> if,
8: I didn't have to, if i didn't have to go straight to work after right, you know right, maybe yeah. <laughs> I was funny
9: when, when they asked the question, I was like, God, I hope Jordan doesn't actually answer this the beer because it's like 530 in the morning when he's done working out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so
4: so I get there about
8: 445 and then I'm leaving the gym at like six. So I'm there for a little while, but um, actually don't tell anyone. But, you know, I just pour a little Bailey's in the coffee and just go. a
3: boy, a boy.
8: <laughs> yeah, I think if the I had to man. Y- exactly. Yeah. So I think if I had to pick a beer style, it'd probably be an IPA, just something a little juicy, a little fruity, a little hoppy. um, Perk me up.
9: I'm probably going to go super, super generic with this answer. Um, You know, and and I primarily, obviously I'm not as much into the weightlifting as Phil and Jordan. I'm more of a runner. Um, So this might be kind of a canned answer, but, You know, I'm I'm going for that crispy boy. I'm going for a good lager, a good Pilsner, something light, refreshing, low ABV, uh, something that kind of revitalizes me a little bit. Um, There's actually Boston Brewing Company uh, makes a marathon beer. Um, It's only 4%. It's loaded um, with sodium. You know, it's actually a good refreshing beer that helps you kind of revitalize your organs after a good long run. Um, you know, I run at loop on Wednesdays for run club. And, and typically, you know, when I get back, the first thing I'm going to drink is going to be, uh, whatever lager pilsner they have on. And, um, as much as I love a good hoppy beer and I've, I've been known to be a bit of a hophead, uh, when it comes to post-workout, I'm definitely going to go for something super crispy, super low ABV, uh, something refreshing, easy to drink, um, you know, for the first one or two, and then we'll start hitting the, the big boys after that.
3: All right, Dan, real quick, I know the beer that I want to send you now, at least one of the cans. <laughs> crispy Boy Marshmallow Lager.
8: Hell yeah, mm. that sounds great. Mm. I'm all it. <laughs> sounds like the <laughs> modest one, Mallow. Yeah. Yeah, Mallow.
1: Yeah,
9: <laughs> Mallow. Well, and, and Tin Whispers did uh, their Rice crispy Treat Lager, too, that was phenomenal. phenomenal. So, yeah, that's awesome. Great. That sounds great, yeah. Well,
3: that's, the one that's right up my alley <laughs> the one I'm talking about is called Crispy Boy, B-O-I yep, and it yep. was done by two breweries, <laughs> one in the upstate one down in low country down near the, the coast and it has Rice Krispie treats all over the can nice
9: What's that sounds the, pretty
2: exciting uh, now is that could that also be your answer to your as, as quote unquote easy as a beer can be to sweat away the calories, is that also your answer for what's the easiest beer to sweat away?
9: Um, I mean, yeah, that, that would definitely be my answer. I mean, obviously, um, the higher the ABV, the higher the, the calorie content. You know, when you start getting into these beers mm-hmm. that are 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12%, that's when you start seeing four or five, 550 calories per beer. Uh, the lighter the beer, yeah the lighter, the, the lower the ABV, the lower the calorie content. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I would definitely say that, you know, even, uh, I, I hate to throw it out there, but a Coors Light, you know, uh, coming in at what 3.8, 3.9% is obviously going to be your, your easiest beer to work off. Uh, you know, cause it's just the lowest carb, lowest calorie, uh, Michelob Ultra, whatever it may be. Um, so and, and maybe there, maybe there is a little bit of connection, you know, after you get done with a nice, good, hard workout, you don't want to completely undo all the work you just did. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I would definitely say that the, 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 the pilsers and the loggers are easier to work off. Jordan, Phil, anything to
2: add to that question?
5: No, not per se. I think Danny summed it up pretty well. I mean, um, I definitely, I definitely can't, um, <laughs> I can't, I can't drink a, a, a big ABV beer after working out. It's just, I, my body needs to recoup. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for something light. I'm looking for, for like the, for the hard seltzers. Like I said, um, it, if it comes to beer, you know, I'm looking for like a cream ale, um, or, or, or something like that, that, um, you know, a low, low ABV for four and a half percent that, um, you know, that'll kind of go down, uh, smooth and easy. And, um, you know, isn't going to kind of sit in my gut for an hour after, <laughs> after, after working out for a, a half hour or 45 minutes. Um, I'm, I'm looking for something light and, and kind of, you know, just kind of work, work through me, uh, pretty quick.
8: Yeah, I'm kind of on that same train. The only thing I could think of is like maybe not like a a smoothie sour per se, but like, um, you know, like just a regular sour, not super loaded, like the 450 or like the chunks and the brains and stuff like that, like... um, I was trying to think of a good example of one. A
9: true sour. Yeah, something yeah like, like, true
8: a, sour. like a, like a bread-style yeah. sour or something like that. Just, just something that's thin and not thick, like, yeah.
5: Yeah.
8: Um, yep. like a yep. Dragon Fandango from Toppling Goliath, like something yeah. that's just yeah. thin and super fruity, um, yeah. lighter, and that'd probably be the only thing I'd add on with that one. So
3: Yeah, so here lately, and the guys know about this, But here lately, I've been trying different non-alcoholic beers because I was a fireman for 18 years, full-time. And, you know, we worked out every morning. We worked out every afternoon. We worked a 48-96 schedule. I was always active. The craft beer didn't get in the way. But now that I work as a civilian for the last two years – I have really gained weight, and I'm six foot, and I carry all my weight in my belly. So I've been trying these non-alcoholic beers, and matter of fact, I've got one right here. And this was rated silver medal last year, last two years, for the one of the best non-alcoholic beers, Hazy IPA. It tastes nothing like a hazy IPA. It tastes like a watered-down seltzer. So, what are y'all's idea? What are y'all's <laughs> thought? Is it really a they guilt-free? They you. <laughs> yeah. Is it really a guilt-free <laughs> way to enjoy your craft beer, but not get the calories? Is it a fad? I mean, because you go to our local total wine down the road, and there's literally a section that is about 30 foot long and eight foot tall and it's nothing but these different
9: non-alcoholic craft beers I, I don't think it's a fad uh I, I think it's actually uh, great you know at first when I started seeing them pop up I'm like who's drinking these what's the point you know um my girlfriend recently could not drink alcohol because of a medication she was on um, so she started indulging heavily on these NA beers. Uh, and because of that, we, we were able to try a huge variety of them. Um, some of them, I'm not going to lie, just extremely disappointing and disgusting. And then uh, a lot of them, though, uh, you know, sat- satisfying. You know, they, they didn't, didn't maybe hit the spot. Obviously, you're not going to catch a buzz. Um, but done really well, rich in flavor, Uh, had a nice body to them. Um, I I think though, the issue is that it's still, you know, a malted beverage with the alcohol pulled out, you're going to get some calorie content there. I think it's cool though, uh, you know, maybe for pregnant women, uh, for the designated driver, or maybe that person that just uh, is in a, a fitness state that is working towards the goal that wants to hang out uh, with the rest of the crowd, but doesn't want to be pounded a bunch of hard alcohol uh, and getting drunk or, um, you know, or just that person that just doesn't want to get drunk, uh, but they can actually yep. hang out and, and, and feel like they're part of the crowd, uh, much like drinking a, a tonic water at a nightclub, you know, if you're the designated driver or whatever. Uh, it's part of it's a stigma as far as I'm concerned, you know, like you're still holding a pint glass, still got a frothy head on it. Uh, you just kind of feel like you're fitting in with the rest of the crowd, even though you're maybe not, um, you know, getting drunk. (laughs) So I, I actually, at first I was a little apprehensive about the whole thing. Um, but as time has gone on, uh, I really, I really think it's great. And I kind of hope that it sticks around. I definitely hope it's not a fat. I I think that it's really, really cool. And we've talked to some (coughs) brewers, uh, here in the state, uh, with our brewery travels, um, and the brewers, the head brewers of some breweries will drink their own NA throughout their work day, you know, because they're working <laughs> you know, and, and, and they, they need to get their job done. Um, so I, I think that it's actually, it's actually been pretty cool to see that it's caught, caught some popularity and that, um, we have more than just O'Doul's to drink.
4: beer
8: <laughs> here, here. Yeah. So I'm on that same train yeah. as, Danny, I think it's, I think it's really awesome. I know, um, I've never personally had any yet myself, but what's to say, like, as my competition next year in 2022 shows up, like eventually I am going to have to do that same cycle where, you know, I'm going to have to cut beer out. Like it's, if it's, if I really want this goal, then it's something I'll have to do. So next year sometime I'll, i and maybe I'll start sooner, but I'd like to start exploring those options. But I know one that I see frequently with the NA options is untitled art. Um, yeah, they kill it. They yeah, kill they're, kill it. They're, yeah. They're, they're, awesome. cranking, yeah, they're <laughs> cranking out a lot. And you know, it's funny. I was, I was with a friend when I was in Minneapolis and she goes, we saw this one and it was, um, it was like this chocolate, something stout, I can't remember what it was exactly, what all the adjuncts were, and she goes, "So it's like drinking chocolate milk, and I was like, that's a great question, maybe? <laughs> uh, you, you know, like, they have s'mores ones, they have fruity ones, so it, I, I think it's awesome, like Danny said, you know, you have those people, what if you're allergic to alcohol? I have a good friend who's yep. allergic to um, what is it, eth- uh, ethanol, whatever the actual <laughs> alcohol comp component is but like he can't drink um and you know there's been times where i've been down in omaha where he where he lives and you know i know he would like to maybe do stuff like that but hasn't been able to and it's it's nice because not everybody like danny said you might be pregnant you might be allergic um maybe you're on a medication you, you know so it's just nice to see the wide variety um of like I've started getting big into the seltzers like I don't shy away from those anymore like um y- you know I don't have any shame in this game like if it's something I like to drink then I'm going to drink it that's going to include those NA options as well like who mm-hmm. let me let me enjoy what I like and if you don't like what I like then I don't like you for not liking what I like to drink I guess, you know yeah. so yep yeah I, I hope it's Oh. yeah
3: I, I was gonna say jordan the one that i found that i really like and it's pushed heavily on instagram and facebook and that's why i went and got it because everybody's talking about it athletic brewing
8: from my and, hometown yeah. From my yeah. hometown. okay yep. yeah no i don't know if i've heard of that one so and
3: so yeah, I've been, i originally saw it on instagram and so i reached out to them and they sent me a voucher for a six pack. Went down to Total Wine, I bought it, and I gave them a little quick review. But it's really good. It's uh, they've got ambassadors that play football, and they've got some professional basketball players that are ambassadors for them. And it's it's legitimate. It's good, and, it's and it, cheap. it actually has
9: electrolytes in it. Yep, it, it, it actually does. will replenish yep, you. Right. It is- it is. It, it's like a right. sports drink. Yep. You know, you, you could probably, you know, the hopperade, <laughs> hopperade or whatever yeah. it, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> sports uh but it, it, that, I, that, that particular beer actually is loaded with, uh, um, replenishment. It, it's a great thing to drink actually post-workout. It's amazing.
8: Oh, that's good to know. Is, am I going to get like a, like a hopperade tank just poured over me one day? <laughs> when something we,
9: can arrange that. This. we can arrange this let's <laughs> when you when you win that bodybuilding competition when you win it we're we're dousing you <laughs> it's coming i i'm
8: gonna i'm going for gold so we'll see
2: that that's a real i'm looking forward to <laughs> phil anything to add here before
4: we wrap it up
5: uh no just quickly i would add um you know i i, I I completely agree with what Jordan and Danny have said, um, with regards to it, hopefully not being a fad. Um, it, it, it doesn't really have any effect on me, whether there's any beers or not. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, it, it, am I going to seek them out? Probably not. But I know a lot of people that, um, that have certain situations that, um, prohibit them from, from drinking alcohol. Um, my sister-in-law, for example, it, um, has a gluten t- intolerance. Um, does she want to go out with, with me and my wife and, and her friends and whoever else to the breweries uh, and do some hopping on a Friday night? Yeah. Um, you know, so if, if she has an option for uh, uh, in, any beer um, or a hard seltzer or, or something that's, that's non-beer, um, that, that's so beneficial for, for those type of people. Um, I, I you know, right now, um, I know, uh, a handful of, of pregnant women that are huge into craft beer and they're in the middle of their pregnancy <laughs> and unless they wanted to suck down an O'Doul's, um, they didn't have any other options up until now. Um, but now they've the option. Nobody of, wants to uh, suck down an no no i don't think so Uh, at least not in my world
8: i don't even wish that on my enemies okay
5: (laughs) i tell them to step on a
8: lego before i say sip on (laughs) o'duels
5: but but there's so many other options now that um that are available to to um the people um and it's you know is it a fad I, i have no idea um but I, I kind of hope that it's not because it allows like, like I, I think Danny kind of harped on it. Uh, you're pretty good. It's, it's, it allows people to, um, go out and and have a beverage in their hand and, and make them feel as if they're part of the crowd. Um, uh, when they go out to a brewery or they go out to a bar, um, and it, it, does it have to be alcoholic? No, it doesn't have to be. But as long as they feel like they're part of, um, the experience, then that's really all that people are looking for. Um, and, and if it tastes great too, then that's just an added bonus. So, I, I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Um, you know, I, I hope that it's not a fad because it, it definitely has uh, some benefits that most people will probably never need to experience. Um, but for those that do, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's awesome. So I, I hope that it sticks around for sure.
9: Well, I know there, there's been plenty of nights I've been out drinking and uh, brewery hopping and whatnot. And if a beer tender were to pour me an NA towards the end of the night, I probably wouldn't know the difference, and uh, I'd probably be <laughs> p- pretty thankful in the morning. <laughs> there's, and, and, I, and I guarantee you Rachel can attest to that. So,
2: let <laughs> <laughs> go out, let it uh, come in like a lion, uh, a lion, and out like a lamb. <laughs> as, yep, as we look forward to spring and away with this winter
8: <laughs> that we just started, of course.
2: <laughs>
5: yeah, I think Which it's, I think it's
8: officially it's started. Crazy. Here we are. Like, yeah. <laughs> is it spring yet? Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah these, I, was uh,
5: gonna, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. We're boys. we're literally um we're, we're we're like still a week from the start of winter. So yeah. if yeah. we're yeah. talking about the start of spring. You yeah. need, we all need to come back here in about four months and we'll all talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go out there we'll and try to it. They have
9: no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, it was 63 today. There's it was, it was, it was, 63 today. <laughs> 63. We had an unusual 50 here in the Twin Cities. And uh, for December 15th, it is, or 14th, whatever. Yeah, it is. It is wildly uh, yeah. uncommon for it to be as warm as it was today. <laughs> Yeah. We're usually sitting right around 10 degrees right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
2: gentlemen, thank you so much for joining our show. Talking to Minnesota beer, playing a couple of games with us. And I couldn't be happier with our, the conversations we had one last time around the horn, final word,
9: anything you guys want to promote. Let's go. Danny filled in Jordan. Uh, you know, I just, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I was a little, uh, nervous to be honest with you going into tonight. I've never done anything like this before. So, uh, it's just been pretty cool. I I never imagined a million years that, uh, doing the whole Instagram thing would lead to something like this. So, um, I'm just incredibly thankful for, uh, being able to meet people like yourself. Uh, obviously uh, Phil and Jordan, I've, I've had the pleasure of actually being able to sit down in a tap room and share some beers with them and and laugh and and, and hug and, and just have some great times. Um, so, I guess all I know is uh, hopefully one day I can do the same thing with you three gentlemen uh, either up here or down there or anywhere in this country. Uh, so, I, I just really appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, including me in this. This is awesome. Thank you so much.
5: Yeah, I would uh I would echo Danny's Danny's uh sentiments there. Um I mean it's just um you know having the having the Instagram account has been um has been awesome. Um and it's just uh it's created some different avenues to um to get to know people and to to interact with others um from across the country, um, including you guys. And um it's uh you know, it's just it's 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 so cool to to be able to, to, to speak with, uh, with people about, uh, beers that aren't distributed in your area and, um, um, and, to just, just, to just to interact and just kind of, um, become friends with people, um, from across the country. So, um, special thanks to, to you guys for having us on tonight and, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, we can all meet up in person one day and, uh, and, and clink some beer glasses together. So. Thanks for having us on. Cheers.
3: Hey, real quick, y'all gonna laugh y'all's ass off. I just ah, I just cracked open this non-alcoholic <laughs> beer,
8: and it's delicious. And it's
4: splumed <laughs> all over me. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's gonna kill me. It's, it's all over
1: the rug. I mean, you know,
4: it's
3: like, I mean, look at that,
4: Steve. You oh, missed me earlier.
3: <laughs> the hell
2: on that note on that note jordan good luck following that up
4: <laughs> yeah I guess.
8: <laughs> I guess like how do i how do i beat that an uh,
3: alcoholic non-beer
8: <laughs> no i guess i just want to thank you guys for uh hosting myself uh danny and phil um You know, like I said, I, when I started this whole journey years ago, a couple of years ago now, never thought I, you know, would be where I'm at truly thankful for the craft beer community. Um, Like, like Danny said, would love to have the honors to sit down, buy you guys a beer sometime one day, whether that's where you're at, where I'm at. Um, And then just again, thank you for the invite. And as far as a plug, yeah.
4: I gotta give it. I gotta give it. I gotta give it to
8: my friends. Look at that sticker, though. Mindy, Love that sticker, uh, Mindy, uh, Sam, and Andrew, if you guys uh, see this, beer's worth the burn. Um, you don't go. know what I'd do without those three in that page in the community that they've uh, provided. But absolutely, um, they've been instrumental in bringing so many people together. So.
9: Um, and by the way, I know the company that printed those stickers uh, firsthand. So uh, if you guys read <laughs> yeah, you do, you? your, your logo, <laughs> I happen to know a guy. He gets a good deal. Uh, he, he hooked Beers with the Burn Up, and uh, I bet he can hook you up too. So definitely <laughs> keep, keep him in mind if you're looking for it.
4: I have to. I
9: need a refill, So We've
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, got stickers too. <laughs> Sweet. Look at him. Uh, That was awesome. Great plug at the end there, guys. Thank you again so much for joining the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. And as always, listeners far and wide, follow us on Instagram at Upstate Beer Boys. And uh, we'll throw it to our main man, Chris Hitchcock, to take us off air. We're just boys. We like
0: beer. We're just boys. We're just boys. that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear, we're like Blondales, IPAs, Cider styles in the USA, we're just boys, we like beer, we're just boys, we like beer, like beer. stay beer boys.